That should be good. All right. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm, I might butcher your last name a little bit. Raymond and Sodegi. Exactly. That's exactly it. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) So welcome to another episode of the Lookout Podcast. My guest today is Raymond and Sodegi. I feel like I'm not quite saying that right. Is that it? That's Ansodegi. Ansodegi. Yep. Man, I mean, that's a very unique name. I've never met another Ansodegi in my entire life. There's not many Basque people with that last name in the United States. That's what it's Basque, huh? Yeah, or Basque. So my relatives came over to herd sheep and uh, very quickly figured out that beef was a better industry um, yeah. and tended to not stay in the sheep herding and actually start raising beef in Nevada. Oh, really? In Nevada, huh? Yep. Oh, no way. And then your folks moved to Montana and started ranching here? Yep. They moved here actually for my dad to, um, he was working for ABS, American Breeder Service, was oh, really? selling bull semen really, and uh, teaching artificial insemination class. Holy cow. And uh, they were actually going to go back because he didn't, he was just on the road too much and didn't get to see my sister and I. So yeah, yeah. he uh, they had a one- your position open at Montana State um, to teach a class, but mostly they needed a ranch manager for the program. And uh, at MSU, at MSU, and he could cowboy, and uh, that's what he was. And so he uh, signed a one-year, one-time contract, and 33 years later, he retired. Wow. Um, So yeah, he taught animal science to I don't know how many tens of thousands of students. Yeah, back when Bozeman was like a huge ag town, man. Yeah, yeah, that was. That was, man, that was, uh, I don't know, golden years. You yeah, know? for sure. Yeah, Bozeman, yeah. man. Like, I mean, Bozeman's still you got its own flavor, but it's different. It's not it's the not, same Bozeman we grew the, up yeah. with. Yeah, no, not at all. And even me, you know, like, I mean, I'm not that I'm that much younger than you, but, yeah. like, yeah, I, I, and which is sad for me because I didn't get to enjoy it like you and my uncle and yeah. all the <laughs> yeah. other people I know got to enjoy small Bozeman, small Agtown Bozeman. Yeah, it was a good place. Yeah. yeah, and I grew up in Livingston, and so he did the commute, so. Oh, really? We, uh. Back, back before everyone got pushed into Livingston. Yeah, yeah. They did it by choice. And um, yeah. yeah, it was a great place to grow up in, you know, Livingston, Montana. And there was fishing and yeah. hiking and Gorgeous. tons wind. of wind. Yeah, lots of <laughs> lots wind. Lots of wind. Don't come. Yeah, it, yeah. Like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's just like Bozeman suburb. But it's like, well, I'll give it some time. You know, like, yeah. it, uh, it'll test you for sure, yeah. man. Well, I think, they, I think they originally wanted to put MSU in Livingston. And oh, really? didn't take it i think part of it had to do with it was freaking windy oh man you know? i experienced that one time and uh i want to say like i was in my flatbed dodge old 92 cummins you know like do the things like held together with like duct tape and bubble gum yeah and i got it for three thousand dollars in minnesota and we're picking up on the way back from the in-laws you know we went to illinois so i drove it from minnesota to illinois Replace a radiator. Barely made it to Illinois. I'm like, oh, it's fine. Man, it's coming. It's run forever. Make it back to Livingston. And Bob gets killed in Livingston because the wind. And they, were, and, I, and I've lived here most of my life. And I've never had it where they actually shut down that section of the interstate. You hear yeah. it on the news all the yeah. time. But, like, this is the first time I experienced it personally. Yeah. And all in front of me in her newer Tundra. And I'm like, no, not the Tundra. Yeah. And then she, like, swerves and takes a detour through town. And as she swerves, this giant bumper is coming right at me. Like, oh, no, not my Dodge. <laughs> you know? That's exactly. Yeah, that stretch that Harvard Flats up there is pretty crazy. And yeah. where my wife and I live, Amber, Jean, where we live now, yeah. we actually can look out and see when it gets stopped. But yeah, shout out to Amber. What, a cre- what an incredible woman she yes, is. Yes, yeah, she yeah. is. Well, she'll make it on here with yeah, you. It'll be I, fun. I can't and, wait, man. I'm excited. But yeah, sometimes we always joke, like, when you, you can finally see semis in their natural habitat sleeping because they'll just get flipped over and, like, lay right on their sides on the highway. <laughs> natural habitat so. sleeping. Yeah, that's got to be incredible. I've never seen that, yeah, man. It's, it's, a, it's a strange place. It's a, well, and, and so the brewery there, Catabatic, 
Yeah. That's the, what the wind is. Yeah. The wind is a catabatic wind. It's the way it's forced down the canyon. That's so cool, man. And I, Up from Gardner and then wedges up, through. Oh, south to north, eh? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it rips from south to north. I guess that's kind of normal winds, I guess, because we get our, all our winds from living in Stevensville. Yeah. We get them all coming up from Hamilton, yeah. so that makes sense. And then you get the north once in a while in the winter when they're harsh. Yeah, harsh. those north winds are harsh. And like I'd, I think I'd heard the catabatic just like you know local, but like until that brewery became and yeah. and Bryce Jones, right, the old owner, he still owns or I think he well, I don't know, I think he sold, sure. I already yeah. sold, but he was an ex jumper, so that's how I ended up there. Oh. And like and that's how I found like catabatic. Where'd you get that name? You know, and we're stopping by on our way to yeah. Mile City, and super nice guy, cool spot too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Livingston's got some some cool. Yeah, stuff. It was a good good experience of growing up and yeah. terrible town. Don't move there. Yeah, it's a horrible <laughs> place. Yeah. <laughs> um, Writers, artists, railroad, and ranchers. They're a pretty crazy mix of people to it be is, there. At. What a cool little, like, boiling pot, man. Yeah. And then the old, the old, like, railroad station just, like, downtown. Yeah, the depot. So the depot, yeah. Interesting, the, the guy that, the, the, I don't know if it was the architect, or I'm pretty sure it's the architect, that designed it, it was the same one he did the Grand Central Station in New York City. No way. Yeah. Oh, man, you so, can kind of see a little, little flavor yeah. there, huh? And it's cool, yeah, and then they always, they kind of say that they would never build a building like that again just because of what it took oh, really? to build it and it, the brickwork. And, in Grand South Station or yeah. Livingston? No, in Livingston. Oh, wow. So, That's yeah, crazy. good, yeah. Yeah, I need to check it out. Like, I've only been through, like, I haven't spent a whole t- lot of time yeah. there. You know, like, I, I remember, like, a, a, one of the longest times I've stre- spent there was I met one of my really good buddies, Deshaun Lewis, we were, we were on track together at MCB, and when I was training to be a smoke jumper, he was training. He was training for some, I think, something in the military. He's, you know, in the military, and um, some training he was doing. But he had to do a lot of running too, and and maybe just being a good buddy. He, like right. he drove all the way from Billings, met me in Livingston, <laughs> and we went for like an eight mile run out out like north of town, um, somewhere on a dirt road. And if I could describe it, it was like from the first exit, you know, that one way out there that, that doesn't really. I guess that one where you... 337. Yeah, yeah on the far side that brings you in back by the new hospital and stuff, right before the White Sulphur Springs. Oh, yeah, exit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we went out that oh, way. Oh, I know where that road is now. I know yeah, right where you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. kind of along the river. Yep. It was beautiful, man. We Nasty storm was coming up, but it, you know, we felt like David Goggins out there before I even really knew who Goggins was, <laughs> but like, just, you know, whatever the weather, man, Pounded we got to go training. Yep. Yeah, man, yep. gnarly and... Then we came back to uh, the Ribbon Chop House, man. I had a, had a beer and a, and a burger. And Perfect. Yeah, yeah, like that was like my the I wouldn't drink at all. Besides that, I'd like my long runs on Saturday. I'd, I'd like that was my reward nice. with have dark beer. Nice, but nice. yeah, that's about the only time as much time I spent there. It was, it was cool though. Yeah, it's a cool time, and I think I think it's part of so many places in Montana that we're blessed with, and other Idaho and Wyoming too. Is that even though it's a massive main thoroughfare, that a lot of people get off if they're going to Yellowstone Park, they'll get off and just turn on the three thirty main town exit and just go down so they miss downtown, miss downtown. Livingston. I always did. And too. so a ton of people miss it and even though the old eighty nine runs through it, you have to turn off of it to get down to the downtown part, like it's railroad on one side and towns yeah. on the other. And so it stayed there. I mean it still looks like there could be a gunfight downtown at any yeah. point, you yeah. know, and, and super, super cool place. And it influenced I mean born and raised there and to now choose to be back there and be so grateful to be there and to see all those things that did influence me and helped me on these journeys and sometimes to take them and then sometimes to return from them it's so good to come back home right like when i was in whitehall i loved i loved it man and like it always had a soft spot but like i didn't appreciate it like i do now like i wasn't one of those kids who was like i need to get the fuck out of this town like a lot of small town kids are i get it and fair fair exactly i think you have to if if you you know 
yeah. think it is good to go. You have yeah. to spread your wings and. Yeah, I was a little restless, but I wasn't like, uh, you know, I didn't really like want to shit on my hometown though. Yeah. I, like I knew I had to leave, but I was like, you know, I still had soft spot for Whitehall. And then now, like at this age, you know, when I go back, it's like, you know, like at first it was a joke, you know, talking to the wife, like Autumn, I was like, you know, uh, maybe, you know, the folks might move, you know, we could maybe buy their place. You know? <laughs> and she's yeah. like, yeah. I'm not living in Whitehall, you know, because it's got the wind too, you know, yeah. it's super windy. Yeah. And I, I get it, but I'm like, man, you know. Whitehall's still small. But that's that place, yeah. But I, and you guys are in kind of the same, but you're you're in a similar community that you than kind of what you grew up in. Yeah. You know, and I, I think I think a lot of us are are drawn back to that that the connectivity of a small humanity town, and community and like knowing I, everybody. Yeah, and sometimes it sucks, but it also kind of kept you on the straight and narrow that's a little, a, you know. And yeah. when I finished in Bozeman, got my bachelor's there and. I took off and like, I was like, I will be back. But yeah. I really thought I would move back to Bozeman. But that was the Bozeman that we talked about at the yeah, beginning here. Right. And man, what a ski bum. It was like such a cool like ski bum ag town, man. Like, yep. it yeah. was a dream, yep. you know. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and when I eventually did make it back, you know, I first just wanted to move back to Montana, kind of ground base and figure out where I was going to go. And yeah, totally. Once I got back to Livingston and. I just was like, I don't want to go back to Bozeman. I, I like this space and back to the roots. Yeah. yeah. And and funny now, our joke at our house is, you know, how am I going to be the mayor if I don't go to the grocery store every day and make sure I keep in connection with the town? But yeah, I, I do. I love going and I love to cook and I love going to the grocery store and getting what I want and yeah. that part of, you know, I love I hang out with the butcher, ask yeah. him, you know, what about you know checking on what's the best one that I can get today or, yeah. but seeing, you know, sometimes 10 or 15 people that, you know, from your high school English teacher to, you know, oh, to man. someone that, you know, you, you've climbed with or, or you've been on some sort of adventure with. And, yeah. and there's something in that, uh, that's this, that story and connectivity that we have with humans and, and the people that were around. And yeah, that connection, man, like I said, like small town teachers are almost like a second parent, you know, like at the good ones. Yep. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, for sure. And we lost a, a really good one a few years back, Mr. McCrossin. Mr. McCrossin was just, I mean, he knew you, he knew your family, he took time, you know, and like, and really inspired, man. And like, yep. and really spoke to like the more ADD wild kids like me, yep. you know, so yep. like that, that went a long way. Helped with it. Yeah. 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 She, that's, it's funny because Mrs. Paul is awesome. And, uh, she told me she's still teaching last time I saw her so, and she's on her third generation. Like oh, she's yeah. had now child who, you know, was a grandpa yeah. now, you know, so grandpa, father, son, wow, you know, three man. gen. And yeah, that's so cool. She's and truly like I finished a project and I thank her to this day. She handed me, um, welcome to the monkey house and just told me to go read the short story, which was totally inappropriate for a freshman in high school. But oh, like, really? Kurt Vonnegut and again changed my trajectory. This woman who was there to teach me creative writing and saw that I loved something yeah. and started me on a path that I read now tons and and I not voracious reader but I read a lot and yeah and I I, I just those are the, some of those things that come from that that, Special, that carry and you know. And to get to run into her in the grocery store yeah. and just be like, it's it's so awesome to see that. And it's hard to put that in words of like the warm connection, you know, like that mm -hmm. recognition of the teacher who actually cares about you. Because you can tell, kids can tell, you know, yep. like if you care about kids, like, yep. and that's, 
think what makes you know, separates the good from the bad is just caring. You yeah. know, like you don't yeah. have to be the best teacher in the world, but if you care, you know, like maybe spend a little extra time. You know, especially with the kids who aren't going to be already the valid Victorian. You yeah. know, like yeah. those kids don't really need help. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can help them, but like the ones that do need help are the ones that I think were more like me. You know, yeah, and, and it gives you a belief in yourself too. And I think you know yeah. that you have a story that's yours that you're that it's not even. It's not a story yet, but it's your story and you're going to make it. And the, yeah. the, the people that help you. Yeah. yeah I, I, I'm lucky enough to go up to MSU still. And I go every year for a class and teach a, just one class of the semester for this senior level soil class. Yeah. I think I called you right after. Yeah. 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 And I don't talk about soil. I mean, a little tiny bit maybe, yeah. but like they're just finishing their degrees. Like they're fresher and more in tune with, Soil physics, soil chemistry, all that stuff. Like, I I can't teach them that now, but yeah. I can talk to them about the stuff that they don't teach them in school, the safety part, equipment, and yeah, being a good human to your fellow coworker. And to me, that's hopefully one of those students gets that inspiration that says, "I'm on the right path, and I can do this." Or yeah, I want to I want to be like that. You know? Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, For sure. It's, it's yeah that small town stuff so powerful too like i was yeah. gonna say earlier too like uh the knowing part like you were kind of touched on earlier was like for me the annoying part was that i couldn't do anything in town i mean if i was even speeding through town like not even bad like and then someone caught me you know and like reported home or something you know i was like yeah. i get home like, the report oh. was there before you got mm -hmm. home it wasn't the next day it, yeah. you already knew before you got home yeah, yeah for exactly sure. <laughs> man and if i you know if i saw somebody who i knew would report home it was like Oh, like it. Yeah. I knew it was coming before you got home, and I, yeah. you know, we live far enough out of town where it's a bit of a drive. So yeah. like, <laughs> they I, had time to I had have the punishment planned out for yeah, you, and <laughs> I had time to think about it <laughs> yeah. too. And I was like, oh god, you know, I'm not gonna be able to get away with this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I'm, that part too. The, I feel like I'm on the downhill side of you. That uh, <laughs> it might be. We might be stilted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're going to the water. Yeah. Um, that other s small part, and I, and I, maybe it happens everywhere, but I. You and I, I don't know, because I didn't have, that wasn't my, my story that I was living at that point. I Mine is a small town, but yeah. to really see how many people in those small towns are more, they're not judging you and like, uh, the, always the negative, like they want to see you succeed. Yeah. That, that you, f that you have that support and, and that they check on you. And the last time they saw you was two years ago and you were on, you know, I, I was, my, my short term, it's either 10 minutes or 10 years, but yeah. those are the only two focus points I can seem to hold. And, you know, yeah. they're like, Oh, are you still doing this? And you're like, no, but I'm not, you know, I'm raising worms. I'm going to get my master's degree raising worms. Like they yeah. should ask me that in kindergarten. I could have bypassed high school and everything. Just been like, yeah, let's just give this kid worms and see if he can fix some disturbance. And, yeah. but seeing those changes in that they get to live vicariously through you. Totally. And, and hopefully for the good. Yeah. You know, that's what kind of drew me to teaching a little bit. And I mean, it's cool that you get to do it and talk yeah. to those students and just like give them a, I mean, so, like, uh, you know, it sounds like you're kind of giving them a little heads up on like, you know, yeah, the knowledge you got was super important and you're going to need it, but this is some other tools for your toolbox, like going forward. Right. I mean, it's kind of what am I getting? Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Cause I mean, honestly, that program at MSU, they're, they're coming out so prepared. Yeah. Scientifically. Yeah. Research wise, but the other stuff, you know, they're, you're going to be a manager because you have a degree, but you don't know how to drive a tractor. You don't know how to calibrate a cedar yeah. to, to, to do reclamation. Then 
you're not in that advantage point. Whereas if you ask someone, they'll give you, you know, same as we always, people that drive yellow iron, like heavy equipment operators. Yeah. Truly like blow me away. The skill set that those people have on that piece of equipment that they work. And I used to be scared. Shitless of them, you know, like big dudes, cute, like lap dogs, like kind of joke about it. Like, you know, until I finally went to one one time and, and asked him on a soil salvage, if like, is this possible? Like I'm asking you because I don't know. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, do you want to watch me do it? And I was like, I do, but I got to go to a meeting, but I'll be back in an hour and like race back out to the field and watched what this person could do. And it completely changed my reclamation success on 1500 well pads in Southern Wyoming. That's huge, man. And it was because no one asked, no one stepped out of their comfort zone to say, Hey, like, I don't know what your capabilities are. Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. Yeah. And am I, and, and they'll tell you too, when you're crazy, like, yeah, no, I can't do that or it's not going to work. Yeah. But that's that wanting, wanting to find success and, and, and then figuring out how do you get it. Yeah. But, and the the mix between, you know, the hubris of I can conquer any mountain and the humility that I bet if you don't have a blend of those two, it's not going to work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, your ego can really destroy <laughs> you, you know? Well, yeah. We've, we've shared some podcasts that we've talked about too where that thing that people would be willing to, you know, They'll be able to die somewhere and not take water from you because they just can't let their, their ego won't let them do that. Yeah. And that's just a, a crazy, that is the funniest crazy man. concept. Like, yeah. Just the way that, you know, a podcast where he yeah. like says yeah. that man <laughs> is hilarious. Yeah. I may have been like three in the morning driving through the night. I know. Somewhere South, in the Midwest. South Dakota. <laughs> I think it where me and Caleb were at. Like North Dakota, maybe. I can't remember. But yeah, like hearing yeah. that line, I was dying. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's so wild, man. Um, but God dang, there's so much I want to talk to you about. <laughs> no, that's a, kind of in a, um, like, we've talked about so many different things that we, well, for, I guess we can also say because I don't work in wildland fire, uh, you know, in that side, you and I met through your brother, yeah, Caleb, yeah, who you've talked about on the podcast before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I midlife crisis, uh, you know, I'd been in Las Vegas for eight and a half years doing reclamation on the Nevada test site. Yeah. See, like I was going to ask this earlier because I, I knew that I knew you'd spent time in Vegas and stuff. Yeah. And I guess to kind of catch folks up who might be watching this, who are hopefully watching this, uh, we just came out of the sauna that yeah. my great grandfather <laughs> built back in like 1960 something. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And like, we're just doing a cold plunge in the Missouri river and back in the sauna. And then me and Ray went and, uh, hung out and just kind of air dried and kind of just talked about some life stuff and came back in here and kind of, dancing around Vegas a little bit and yeah. I, the story the originally story I knew from when I first met you from Vegas is having the handcuffed steering wheel yeah. on a Volkswagen <laughs> yeah, bug yeah, yeah. I bought a Volkswagen Beetle 73 Beetle Super Beetle coolest car but it's a real it had the, the handcuff mini steering wheel like <laughs> and uh, which and had oversized tires so you could barely make turns had to rewire the whole dashboard like oh, the did? blinkers were toggle switches because <gasps> everything on the 
steering wheel was gone. They just put on the little handcuff racer. Yeah. So like, yeah, my headlights were a toggle switch. Uh, like if you didn't hit stuff right, like <laughs> yeah, so. it's kind of my Chevy is right now, yeah. man. <laughs> I gotta replace some stuff. Yeah, it was its own. Yeah, so I, that's funny, funny. Yeah, because it is a pretty funny story. Yeah. That bug was great, man. I drive it out to the test site once in a while. I, it was a fun car. That's cool, man. Super fun car. Yes. And I learned like the only mechanicing that I can do, I did on my Volkswagen because which is cool because just a can with wires, pretty much old steel thing, right? Yeah, and if well, finally when the guy's like, you need to change this one guy, you got to change all your filters. It's been sitting. Yeah, I was like, so how do I do that? He's like, well, drop the engine. I'm like, what are you talking about? Took four bolts out, and we just had it on blocks, and he helped me pick it up and walk it over it. Holy <laughs> Just pick up the back of the car and set it down. Yeah. So dang man, that's cool. And Super yeah. Beetle, that's a little more sporty than your normal Beetle, right? Yeah, it was a super. It was a really cool car. Extra long, so it was hard to get parts. And oh. yeah, I would order stuff and go to the bug i mean there was a volkswagen shop there just for aftermarket oh, cool. stuff so yeah. i'd go buy stuff and then the next day i'd take it back and get the right one and <laughs> like yeah. I, just, I was horrible at it but um, man I learned a lot i mean even yeah, just from the trailer story there you told me about trying to find a rim you know like yeah you know where yeah, to go, yeah. You know? yeah 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 and i lived in you know i had a master's degree and the project the main project i worked on there i was the least educated um everyone had a phd and I was, ten, I think, probably 10 years younger than anyone else I worked with. So oh, wow. I was like the little kid, the little brother, you know, yeah. and they took me in, you know, I'd finished my master's at Arizona State. And uh, so I'd been in a city before, you know, I'd lived yeah. in Tempe for two and a half years. And, uh, oh, wow. But I, Vegas was a different place. Oh, and, you know, and at, tw- at 25 years old, to have your first real job and a pretty substantial salary was was hard on decision making. and yeah. I think I was like 27 or 28 when you first told me that. Yeah. So like two years old, two or three years older than you. And I was like, even at that age, it's like, I was like trying to picture myself in Vegas. <laughs> and I went to, the kid I went to school with, and we were friends back in MCB. You know, I think he's a uh, personal trainer down there, doing very well for himself. Yeah. But like, I mean, every time I think of someone living in Vegas, like him and you, and I was like, oh man, I don't know, man. Uh, I feel like I could do it. It was hard, you know, and everyone would come visit and want to go out and go do the strip. And you're like, I still have to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah, I just give him. So I had the Jeep, my Jeep too, and the Wrangler. Oh, you the Wrangler back just, then too? Yeah, oh, I bought awesome. it. Yeah, right then in oh. 2001, I bought it. And uh, so I just give him the keys, and th- you could go wherever you want. But when as soon as you parked, you just had to. I mean, no, nah, I didn't even add. I tried to was avoid cell phone for us, so they'd have to yeah. call and leave a message where they parked. And they'd be like, "Why?" And I'm like, "Cause you will." stay out too late and forget where you parked and it takes forever to find your car oh i bet i didn't think about that so everything kind of looks the same at some point you know yeah one of my buddies did that at a little company party he was like i drank too much last night i can't find my car Ugh. and i was like well we always knew kind of where he generally parked and i started on one end and just went through every parking garage up and down the strip and it took me two days and i found it right next to where i started which we, he never parked there but Jeez. whatever reason, yeah Jeez, and i got on the top of caesar's Really? Elton John gets out the concert, and so I'm stuck behind traffic. It took me four and a half hours to get out oh, of the top for the Caesars man. parking garage. Just that alone. So, and that kind of sums there. up my whole, like, I don't know. I, I met some great friends there. Um, there was an art community just starting, oh, and cool. uh, that was pretty much was really my salvation there. And um, just because yeah. I've always loved art, and they were cool people, and it, and it kind of gave me a place to go. That's cool, man. And like, kind of shows goes to show you that there's there's good things everywhere. You know? Oh yeah, you yeah. Just gotta look for yep. it. Yep, right? and that's it. You gotta you gotta believe in them. And and my my one of my neighbors worked. He was a bouncer at um, 
House of Blues. So he always had good hookups for, you know, that would be the concert I would go see because I just didn't want to deal with the rest of it. But yeah, I moved down to the right by Fremont the last four years I lived there and was in the CD, I get whatever part of town. Yeah. And I, I absolutely loved it. Like That's awesome, man. That people were were honest and, and were good down there and just trying to get by. Yeah. And uh, I learned a lot, you know, a lot of crazy things too. And yeah, well, a lot of, a lot of life lived Wild there, and nutty stories and, and good things and kind of bad things too. And um, that's why when it was time to go, it w- I was ready to go. And yeah. I just wanted to go back to, to Montana and kind of give my chance self a chance. You know, I just needed to start over. Well, yeah, and like, that kind of like wraps back to us, like leaving a small town too, right? You get enough yep. feel of something yep. and, and knowing it, you know, and be able yep. to tell. Yep. And knowing other things like I had this stupid light and we we're looking for a light for this podcast. <laughs> for last hour. Nice. And I got this string light right here. Yeah. Ah, look at this thing. Oh, nice. Fancy. Woo. Yeah. Totally it's just so high thing. tech. I could have just like laid it around here. Yeah. Anyways. Mood lighting. Yeah. We just took the lampshades off. Yeah. <laughs> I got to take a picture of this so people can see what we're talking high, about. High end yeah, production. Just, it's one small lamp and one yeah. tall one with just a bulb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks kind of cool, though. Um, but, yeah, so, like, that's uh, kind of – I don't know how to approach it because – and I think I talked to you about this before. I know I talked to Caleb about it, yeah. and pretty much anyone who knows you, like, <laughs> you have such a a thick past, man, and, like, just so much cool stuff you've done. I mean, even probably the last 10 years or so, like, yeah. and, I mean, I don't even know how to, like, <laughs> tease it all out in a way that, like – shows you in the light that you deserve does that make sense yeah well thanks i'm i'm honored that you think of it that way <laughs> oh absolutely well every, anyone who knows you yeah. thinks of it that way you yeah. know like you have a great story and i don't want to be the guy who wrecks it no, <laughs> you know it doesn't, no, tell, yeah. doesn't tell it right <laughs> uh, no and uh, i think that's the part is that all right it's the story that each of us has and it's then what do you do with it when it's happening and yeah. how do you choose like bad decisions make good things in the fall long run and so do good ones can turn into bad. And I think that yeah. that part of that is being like sometimes brutally honest with yourself and, and the times when it's not working, it's because you're not being brutally honest with yourself and you're hiding behind whatever it is. If it's, you know, addictions or work, you know, there's not mm-hmm. a lot of difference between those things that, that you can, just delve yourself into something and let it happen, you yeah. know? And like, I think back some of range work and we talked about on the salmon chalice national yeah, forest, you know, yeah. sophomore Fighting year fire. of college and they're like, everyone's got to get the red card. Yeah. And I was like, sweet. Like I want to do the test. And, yeah. and I had a ton of fun and, uh, you know, didn't get into fires till the end, but I was like, what is up with these fire guys? Like I gave them my frisbee, and they're playing ultimate every day for two hours as part of their job. Yeah. And I'm freaking out counting plants. Like, but I really got I. I there was a cool hell attack crew there. Yeah. The Sawyers were great. Like, um, those guys were fun because they would ask for me to come on oh, the, really? the weekend ones just because oh, really? I would work. Yeah, and so I could do my normal week, and then get on a small two-day, three-day fire, yeah. and usually be back in time for Monday. And, uh, yeah, get some ha- some hazard pain, some overtime. and Yeah. And, and, you know, and then that was another one. Like, I liked the range part. That was my minor, but I really wanted to do heavy, m- more massive disturbance to the environment and yeah. to fix it. and Like my, mining, like yeah, rep- mining and right? extraction services yeah. and things like that. And um, That is really cool. And important. I mean, and, 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 and important, and then there's this hideous point of like 
I want to do this for the environment because it's right. I don't like anyone that's going to hire me. Like, I not dislike them. Just they know that they can tear things up because they have to by law pay me to be there, mm-hmm. which is hard when you're going to a job interview to a company that doesn't really want to hire you. The only reason they're hiring you there is because there's a law that says they have to do it. So they're yeah. trying to short end you on everything. They'll fight you on things. And so it made the my initial part of my reclamation career it was pretty tough. I bet, um, man, because they probably feel like they're almost like hiring a rat. Like, yeah. I got to hire this inside guy, yeah. you know, like. And then because of, I guess kind of the, the person that I am, like, I really struggle. I feel calling you rat. Not like, you know, I'm yeah. putting like, yeah. mob, no, 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 like no. mob terms. No, hell yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> you know, well, that's it. They, they are a little, I mean, yeah, they're paying you, but they're a little worried because you're supposed to be keeping them alive. And yeah. you're being paid to make sure all these other people are following the rules. Well, yeah you identify they're breaking the rules, they start getting a $20,000 fine a day. You're not the best friend on their list, you know? And uh, so, but trying to get into those parts of like, hey, if we, if you pay me a little bit of money up front, and it's not just about the money, but just so I could afford, if you let me go out and look at a piece of land before we disturb it, knowing what's going to happen, we know if you let us go in and we can sample this ahead and salvage what's good, and do the very best we can up front. Yeah. That $10,000 cost initial, whatever it is, let's make a number. Yeah. Could very easily two years from now save you one hundred to $200,000 because you're giving me a chance to be successful. Yeah. And so to me, then that became my real challenge of my, my career was the reclamation part you could get done. Yeah. Sometimes easier, hard, but financially, if you did the right thing, mother nature responds like, you know, if you scratch her versus cut her, yeah. she thanks you, you know, and, and finding that connection to the environment, which has led to, you know, so many other things down the line Yeah, um, of having that, that feeling that you're doing it because you truly care yeah, and that you really love it and that you're excited to see a blade of grass pop up or like, you know, or to, you know, those kind of things. And, to see wildlife come back to an area or to find out that sage grouse are actually coming into this disturbed area and creating a new mating lek yeah. because it's open and, and it's grass versus shrubs. And totally. Man. Um, yeah. Sage grouse big deal a few years back. Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was in Wyoming for a lot, oh, really? you know, and again, like I don't want to go out at four o'clock in the morning and wait around and try to catch count sage grouse around <laughs> a lek. Like, yeah. but the wildlife, biologists and and especially habitat specialists like they're not just looking at the animals they're out there to see what plants are there and and so it's that community what's connecting to what and how does it all work and yeah and so that uh, those are things i think in the long run are so again rewarding for all of us and it just happened to be that i got to make a career out of it that is cool man especially like doing it doing the right things and, and having enough you know knowledge in your background to be like well, let's let's front let's front load this a little bit and get ahead of it before we have to like play catch up, you know, yeah. like be like, well, and catch up's always expensive, oh, you know, man. and that's end time, 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 yeah. And it was something like the Berkeley Pit that's yeah. sitting above Butte. Everyone and, knows and, it. No one's talking about it. And we're not really. Even, I don't know if I mean when I was kind of fading out of the main part of the reclamation, like they still don't quite know how to fix it. Like the it's Berkeley a scary Pit. thing. Yeah. It how, is scary. how do you? How do you? You know. 
that was kind of a that was kind of a thing in college. We'd go to the Berkeley Pit and see what color it was every time we went to go party in Butte. You yeah. always had to stop in at the Overlook and check it out. Oh yeah, man, it is a weird color, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Was it changing colors every time we went to see it? It would change. It goes kind of through oh. different phases of browns to blues and. Yeah, it was like bluish when I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> and it, like it's weird because they got like an observation thing. Like, Come check this Come out. Come check out. You know, like look at what we did. Exactly. This yeah. big toxic hole. Yeah. It's like oh. You look over it and you're just like, it doesn't even feel right. You know, it's not like you look. Well, it's like, huge. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of unfathomable space of like, it's a lot. It's a mile across that thing. Yeah, you know? that's nuts, man. It's like you get in the Grand Canyon of, of you the, know, like a human excavation. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy to think that like b- before they stopped the pumps, I mean that was just one big ass pit that they were mining and they were just pumping the water out, and then just one day the pump stopped. It feels it's time to let her go. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, not not good. So hopefully they figure out that. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, just for yeah, for the area again. Yeah. Another one, Butte. What a cool community. Awesome. Used place. to be sketchier. You know, it just yeah. it went through hard times like Livingston did with railroad things yeah. and. Butte's is amazing place. Some of my favorite you know? people are from Butte, yeah. man. It is so cool. You know, growing up, yeah. like, there was, we were like the, you know, Whitehall felt almost like the younger brother that kind of got beat up by Butte. You know, yeah. like, go over and people would see the 51 plates and be like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know, yeah. you'd be like, uh. We'd know. go over there and Central would just slaughter us in basketball. Oh, really? In the, we'd play in the Civic Center. Yeah, that's so cool, huh? Loved it. And Tate, uh, Tate was like the Butte guy and like he took care of it. And uh, every year. Oh, the hot water's fixed. You're lying, Tate. Yeah. We never had hot water in the locker room. No, but same. we had to park our bus inside. Oh, really? Yeah, because I get destroyed, wouldn't it? Yeah, and yeah. then Anaconda, they drop us off of the pit, and then oh, take it to the police pit. station. Oh. Then we, they'd leave it there, then we go home. Yeah. It was great. I mean, but those rivalries. Then you get to college, and you end up playing intramural sports with the guys that were your and yeah, and someone and, became and really cre- good friends. A bond, yeah. yeah. Like I mean, some of us, you know, in small sports, especially in Montana, you know, like Class B, you know, everybody like. Uh, Greg Shank, you know, was on yeah. a trip with us. Like, we mm-hmm. talked earlier about he's from Ennis. I'm from Whitehall. You know, like, there was a bit of a rivalry there. We weren't, like, the big rivals, but it's still, like, that's your opponent. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, like, all those guys, man, from his class, it became really good buddies with afterwards because you kind of bond in college. Like, you know, you end up at a party or whatever or intramural, like you said, whatever it when might be. When you have kind of that, that you both were on, I mean, you're on some sort of a warrior path at that point, yeah. and just because you were on the other side of the battlefield doesn't mean your thoughts and your, you know, your processes aren't, don't, don't jive together yeah you know? absolutely man yeah so that's super cool and that's nice, like looping back to the small town theme that we're kind of rolling in mm-hmm. is like that's that's one of the big benefits man is like you know those guys you know yeah. like you played against them a long time you yep. know sometimes since yep. you were kids you know and yeah you may hate each other in high school which like, man everybody on those other teams man they were my rivals and yeah. then <laughs> it was kind of cool as soon as like we graduated high school man or even when that sport was over like when football was over all of a sudden like i started to kind of get to know those guys and it was like oh yeah, these guys are awesome, yeah, you know? Yeah. But until that moment, though. No, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I, it's funny. It's a total flashback there. Yeah. My first um, cross-country race. So I, I started cross-country in eighth grade because they had a junior high cross-country, and it was only a mile-and-a-half race instead of two. Oh, really? And Buttes was brutal later that year because they make oh. you run up heartbreak hill, and that's how you had to finish. Just put your head down. Oh, but my So my first race was, dates me, 89. Yellowstone's yeah. on fire. It's like... It's red, like it's yeah. so smoked out, you can't breathe. Yeah, and we get there, and they're like, "Well, we're not sure if we're gonna run the races, but if people don't want to run, it's fine." So yeah. all the other teams, but well, I so I got up, got on the line. I was the only kid from Livingston, and then yeah, I was between the 
Abzalaga kids, the crow and the Sioux. And they, that was, I was the only kid that wasn't native that ran the race at little bighorn. They started the race right at the headstone. So the only other white people, there are all headstones. Oh, really? (laughs) And I just remember this kid next to me, just looking at me. He was like, you're going to run with us. And I was like, yep. And I ran the race. I got done. I saw like, I finished eighth, like, why that's still like i remember it i got done and that same kid came up to me and he said he did pretty good and that's cool i raced cross country against him on different teams but then ended up all the way through high school and we still went and did things in college and we ran together in college that's cool man and and i looked back at those and like i think you know that those he was one of those people that i learned about like that the so much the warrior, um, whatever it is, but being the true human and and believing and and going for what you're going for, yeah. And uh, but yeah, it's one of those totally. those people that you know. If I saw him today in a heartbeat, you know, it'd be like all that stuff comes back. Yeah. And uh, but there's so many of those people that that come through and and that we've we've grown and and developed with that help you along, you yeah. know the. Steel sharpened steel. Steel sharpened steel, you yeah. know, and, and the folding. You fold your steel and you get stronger as they make a samurai sword. They yeah. they fold it and fold it and fold it and Absolutely, man. I always get worried to lose those people. You know, like yeah. they seem to come up more, but like as older I as I get older. Not like not like passing away, dying mm-hmm. or moving away even. Just everyone's got families, so everyone's busy, so you don't see them as much. Complacency man. starts to happen too and, and where they're they're not keeping to that path anymore you know they're finding like sometimes it gets easy to get comfortable you know it gets comfortable get complacent and but yeah again you also don't see them yeah and keeping up and seeing where they are on their path too that our paths do change that you know i know i get like worried like you know classmates and stuff i'm like man i haven't seen that person forever you know hopefully they're doing all right you know so there's the one good i think of i mean there's probably others but the social media thing has helped with like there's some classmates that, and people that I grew up with that it means a lot for me to keep in touch with. Yeah. And that's one easy way, like, and that I've been able to reconnect and then take it to whatever level it's going to go to. But yeah, um, totally, man. But again, it comes back to community and, and like whether you let social media run your life and you're worried about how good your selfie looks or you're keeping your connection in that and sharing your story of where you are, the true story. Yeah, if you choose to share yeah, that, but you know, the filtered but, version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm the with not, you. No filter or the, yeah. the filtered, but I, the filtered, I, non-filtered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just I, I think that that's one of those things that I I really cherish. Yeah, and, and well, like yours and Amber's, you know, like Instagram, Caleb's, you know, yep. and Autumn's and everybody else that, and that's that's one good thing. I had been off social media for a long time. Yeah, like you know, it, just because it wasn't benefiting me, you yep. know, and then I was going for jobs like the great Falls fire department and i didn't want anything nope. hung hanging yep. up there you yep. know like i was like get rid of it all i don't need it and life is better so like right now i just have instagram for this yeah but i don't i will never do my personal one yeah again, yeah right? no and that's the yeah that's funny that class that i go to at msu i always tell them that and i mean i always think i'm like everyone knows this by now i've been saying it for 10 years in these classes but yeah you know i don't care if you have a three nine gpa and you've done great and everything and then guess what when i'm hiring people or when i used to be hiring a ton of students for even for summer internships yeah i might 
I'm going to snoop and everyone else is going to too. And if your profile picture is you with the empty beer box on your head, riding a cardboard box down a set of stairs, drinking a beer out of a boot. Yep. (laughs) I'm going to at least think about it. Like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that (laughs) and that everyone should do those kind of things. But like, if you want, you know, we're going in the professional world and that's, that's just how it works. That, yeah, absolutely, that's the connectedness man. to. Yeah. Cause like you don't know this person, you know, like yep. you got a resume and a degree and yep. then it's like, well, I got to see what their social life's yep. about, you know? And it's like, if it's not real active, you know, and it's like, even like you want to think of it like more financial terms, right? If you're yep. a big business and you're like, I'm hiring folks and I'm going to hire this person who's got a bunch of selfies hiking or this person's got a bunch of selfies drinking and smoking, yep. you know, it's like, health insurance wise this person's gonna cost me yeah. more money yeah. you know yeah. like the the party animal down days lost days you yeah, know exactly. you start to figure it out and yep how committed are they you know yeah yeah production as much as it, c- much as it costs to train an employee and then just have them just be crap right you know like yeah, exactly. oh, those cost you a lot Underper- yeah. and under even if they're underperforming you know like i mean we've all been there like where it's like you're hungover you're at work and yeah. <laughs> your output feels the same but it's probably not you're not quite yeah. as sharp you know yeah. and oh for sure yeah yeah like i said like i mean if you can imagine i'm not saying like you don't have to do those things but definitely makes it easier if you don't you yeah. know yeah yeah for sure for sure for sure it has a lot of a lot of positive kickbacks for fighting that yeah man i'm still like That's a little dry like, from the old sauna i know that was a good one. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was really <laughs> good. It's, it's cool, too, like, you know, the kind of power of, like, having that many people, you know, like, from our lives in one area, you know? Like, mm-hmm. um, I was trying my hardest not to talk you up too much, you know, because <laughs> you, like, I mean, you've just done so many incredible things that we're going to scratch the surface right. on this podcast. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get yeah. too many layers <laughs> deep. But, uh, yeah, like, and just the Smith River would have been cool. You know, yep. but having the Smithless trip. The Smithless trip is yeah. gonna be pretty cool too. This yeah. is it's actually it's it's been super amazing so far. Yeah, and different opportunity, man. Like just the sauna and the cold plunge. I mean, like that's like you're saying for heroes and horses. Mm-hmm. I yep. guess maybe I gotta explain that part, I guess. Yeah. You know, we can talk some yeah. Talk yeah. about some of those and um yeah, we just um we do that kind of stuff. Um it's help with heroes and horses with the the sweat lodge community that I'm involved with that we had the chance to build them a a sweat lodge and an EP and and to do ceremonies with their group and uh, we also do them just in Livingston um, for there's it's a very large family that's come through and and it's interesting that no matter what it seems like it's just the right amount of people that show up like when the notice goes out that there's going to be a sweat it's always they can all fit that is sometimes it's really crowded or yeah you know and um so yeah, that's been it's been a real powerful thing in these these last couple of years. Um, that Amber and I both got back into. Amber had done some sweats before, and uh, oh, really cool. I I really had wanted to, and um, what got is Amber? What got you into it? How did you end up? Were you, have you always a, sweats? so a friend of hers who um, X-ray tech, and um, they'd met at a sweat twelve, thirteen years ago, probably. Oh wow! And. Uh, He's just this amazing guy. Yeah. Um, and anyway, she ended up back in the hospital, like, to, and, you know, he'd sent some stuff. And then, yeah. oh, I was probably like four years ago. She was like, yeah, put me on the list. And it just never worked. And then all of a sudden we got this text from him. He's like, hey, we're going to have a sweat on Saturday. And was like, I think we can actually go. Yeah. And it was so, put, like, put the schedule. And it worked. And yeah. 
super one. I mean, a massive life changer for me. Huge, like, huge, huge for me. Um, yeah. I changed a lot of stuff. I, I mean, so I was. It's like a not not to intervene real yeah. quick, but like I'll forget. But like it's a, just the sauna itself is a pause button in life. You can't take yeah. your phone in there because you know you'll ruin your phone. Like yeah. at least my phone will overheat even yeah. with how hot my yeah. sauna gets. You know, so mm-hmm. like typically if if i'm gonna have any kind of outside source it's like some kind of zen music yep. you know on the outside of the sauna you know and it's just like me and the wife or yep. just me you know and it's yep. just like uh yeah pause but on life i guess is what i'm trying to get yeah uh, and it's uh, yeah and and in the the anipi it it really becomes no matter who's in there your community's there but it's you and the universe and it's you know it's you and whatever especially know. with how dark it is yep no light, you know, other than sometimes the glow of the stones. But, you know, we, we always say, you're. I mean, you're in there, it's dark. You might as well keep your eyes open because you never know what you're going to see, what, yeah. what the world's going to show you and who might come in and um, spiritually. Um, yeah, it's a, it's just been really grounding, really powerful. Um, I won't go tons into it just because it's, a, you know, the ceremony is the ceremony and, and really yeah. sacred. But it basically, you know, it's a four-door and, and you're, going back into the mother earth into the womb to be reborn and the rounds are focused on purification prayer healing and then gratitude yeah with breaks in between them and the songs are all sung in traditional and in lakota and that's cool um, it's very beautiful it's it's amazing it's amazing ceremony and 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 a space to share with this community and uh probably hard to put into words too the exp- yeah like yeah what, and uh, what it really i mean you could it, describe it but like what it is and what you get out of it right yeah yeah exactly yeah and and to not yeah to not want to bumble along and and to not make it clear give it the power that it has um yeah, but yeah this massive and individual too right yeah. like it and it changes you des- yep. yeah you could just des- yeah it changes every time yep. like for you right yeah. like it not the same thing every time you go in and no. i'm just yeah. relaying what you told me yeah yeah and uh, and for me, like with me and you, and same thing. We had the yeah. same day, and drank the same water, yep. ate the same food. You it's can have a sweat that feels like it's crushing you, and it's really hot. Yeah, and I can have one that doesn't feel that hot. And we can sit right next to each other in there. Yeah, totally. It just depends, and have a different feeling, different experience. Yep. Yeah, where you are when you're prepared, you know, or how prepared you are. If you're not prepared, then it's a real hot sauna. Yeah, and if you know, if you you're mentally and spiritually ready, then it becomes a very different experience and very, very healing and very cleansing. So it makes a powerful, big medicine. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and, you know, to honor to, you know, to get to be part of that and, you know, the feeling of, uh, you know, white, you know, you're, you're Asian person or, you know, European descent is, you know, it's a cultural approach appropriation or no, are you doing something wrong but i don't believe in that you know it, it, you know it was it was brought to the lakota and they shared it and it was not had nothing to do with the color of skin yep. or what tribe you were in it was whether you had a good heart or not exactly man and that's like the root of a lot of that you know like uh you know joe, joe rogan's talking about in his podcast mm-hmm. and he had you know someone on i think did some native american studies who was like a white person mm-hmm. and but they talked about like how many people escaped the colonies to go live with the tribes because of the lifestyle yeah and they weren't shunned you know they were brought in you yeah know? And yeah very much yeah yeah and, and you and you feel that in um and the, and the reason why i said i don't believe it is because you know i'm an eighth yeah. person yeah you know so yeah. like my culture i didn't grow up grow up on the res but uh you know i don't know part native so yeah like i don't 
I grew up more on the white side of town, yeah. I guess, yeah. you know, like but, you, but your whole bit. family, you guys are all very connected to, to nature and your surrounding and, and the gratitude for the simple things you get to see every day. Yeah. And I think, and that's, that's the, um, you know, it's kind of the truths that we see and it's the, it's the eyes of the heart. Exactly. And, the, and that's, a, that's what I was going to get in The, the eyes of the heart are, are truth and they see what's there. Yeah. For you to see and for others to see of you. Absolutely, the same, man. Not the same, but in that same realm of horses, how, you know, horses look at our souls and yeah. they reflect our souls. Yeah. So that horse that's an asshole might not be an asshole, but maybe a couple of days from now you're like, oh, I was an asshole. Yeah, man. And, uh, they feel it, man. Like you always tell about like people like, oh, don't throw a new rider on that horse. Yeah. And that horse knows. Yeah. You know, like it's weird. You're like, oh, I got this big piece of leather between me and that horse, a.k.a. the yeah. saddle. Yeah. You know, like, um, and yeah, they know it though. They can yeah, feel the tenseness yeah. in you. Yeah. Well, and growing up with cow horses, yeah. you know, my dad or my mom was on a horse. You can work cows in an alley. Yeah. You can do it in the open. Yeah, in an alley. Yeah. My niece or my nephew could get on the same horse and totally different horse. Yeah. And is not gonna is gonna take care of them. Yeah. Yeah. You totally, know? man. That, that's yeah. It's great having a herd like that too. And and something I want to touch back on, yeah. like you yeah. know, like the. Culture appropriate, cultural mm-hmm. appropriation, and I don't believe in it with the tribal stuff because we all were tribal. We all came from the same yeah. place in, in the beginning, you know, like whether we turned out and took yeah. a different path. And and then, you know, you got like the Norwegians, you know, my great grandfather yeah. built the sauna, nor, yeah. you know, big time Norwegian. Yeah, yeah. You know? well, Mar- the, I mean, Mar- the, the sauna, the sweat Indian. concept is all cultures, yeah. it's, you know, that it's yeah. been around. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it carries the story that they all have. It's the same as the creation story or whatever it is. Like, there's a story to how it happened, yep. which obviously I've said a ton today, but it's it's becoming more and more prevalent to me that it's that's part of it is is how the story is conveyed and you know chatting in the sauna of someone brings something else up and you know we got to Bronson and I got to talk about it. Yeah. Well, then it spurs it back up in him. And now this morning he's twice as excited as he was yesterday because it brought a bunch of stuff back. So that story becomes fresh again. Yeah. And, like and the value saying. of what it is and, and why you did it. Yeah. And it was worth doing it again. Like, yeah, yeah. did it done or, you know, go to a stupid bullfight in school and 10 <laughs> years later say, I think I've, I fought enough bulls. Um, yeah. You know, or, God dang, which, that's a nice story too. I want to talk <laughs> about too in here in a minute. Like that's um, really good. I mean, but yeah, that that how do how do we find it? And it's and this is it. This Anipi experience has been extremely powerful for me. And huge. And again, it's brought a it's a different community that I that not only am I part of it that but I blend it back into the other communities that I have and the other yeah. the other people that I have. You know. Yeah, and it's important, man. Like. It's, uh, I don't know if it's going away. It seems like maybe it's rebounding a little bit, but they're for a while, you know, like they're, you know, like sweat lodges were almost like a taboo Well, they could, thing. well, they couldn't, uh, it was illegal. Uh-huh. They couldn't support, they couldn't do any of those religious ceremonies. And, uh, mm. so as they, you know, as they came, came back and were allowed, they bring the culture, back. they build in the, you know, yeah. And definitely not like. They used to, you know, having sweats set up during hunting season so you could sweat before you went and hunted and you'd sweat when you came back. Oh, wow. And you sweat before you go on a vision quest or a humblecha yeah. crying for a vision and you sweat when you come back. And yeah. um, very, very, and, you know, the, the women had a different ceremony. They generally didn't sweat. Oh, really? And uh, because they had their moon cycle, which was 
sacred and and was treated as it should be yeah. for their ability to create and so basically they That's had ceremonies like that that is so sacred and you know interesting side note and but yeah. like so like you know that's more powerful um far more powerful than what you know what the men had so they could sweat for their cleansing just yeah. how how women go through their cycle re-cleanse and reboot yeah and um but yeah so uh you know those kind of things and you see that we also adjust with time yeah. and uh and that those you know those things kind of flex and ebb and flow sometimes they work sometimes they don't but yeah that, but that's part of us going through this process. Absolutely, man. And then like that, and leaving it like, you know, I mean, not one person can do it. It's like open, you know, like that, like having that opening and, and especially like with the heroes and horses, you know, like that is helping veterans. Few people don't know it's, it's worth, it's worth a look. Go, and yeah. Go check out Jocko Willing's podcast with Micah Fink. Number 317. Number 317, <laughs> yeah. It's like, was it four or five hours? Yeah, it's like four hours. It's amazing. The uh, whole time, like I've listened to it pretty much two times through and it is worth worth it man i'm telling you anyone listen to this i've really really it's a, it really t- i'm i'm i mean yeah my my connection to it is very you know it's very small just that i get to to help with be part of these ceremonies and drum and sing and um it's but, pretty amazing to do that and the rest of what they're doing they're you know mike is you know they're cold plunging they're they're they have us they're sawing they're yeah, yeah. They're, they're wim hof they're working out they're training horses it's and it's time and pressure, as Micah says, you know, and it's 41 days that these people get to be there and, and transform their lives. And again, it's finding that change, finding your community and finding who you are. Yeah. And that finding who purpose, you, who you are today is not who you were yesterday or tomorrow. And it's no. how you choose. And that's it. And your purpose is doesn't control you, but it helps keep you to the path for now. Yeah. And my I believe my purpose has changed a ton in my life and that it doesn't have to be the same. Which no. is not always easy to swallow either. When, you know, yeah. I was on a pretty solid career path of you were that's pretty why. casual like existence. By now, I would be making more, you know more than enough money, and would be uh, doing an office job and and running crews and I existing. Yeah, and then well, yeah. Just I think I think I would. I don't know if I would. I I might disagree with you. I I think at that point you're just fucking dying. Yeah, and you're, but true. you're More, less than but existing. you're doing it really comfortably, and you're not. Yeah, you you've even stepped away from that. You're to a point where it's not. I don't. It's not feeding you anymore. No, you know, when it's not feeding you. It's you need to do something. I feel like I've seen that my whole life through, yeah. man. Whether it was like adults in my life, you know, when I was a kid, and friends now maybe that just like are doing that. Where like dying is probably a better term than yeah. existing. Yeah, I, I, just, like, I just feel like yeah. Cause it's true. Like at first, fired up, right? Like I got my like whether it be like got my professional job, got my yep. degree, got my whatever you know, earned it. Yeah, and that's awesome. And you put in the work, and it is exciting. It should be celebrated. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, it's like then you stop getting after it. Every like said, yeah. you know, st- steel sharpens steel. You know, yeah. or you know, the grind sharpens the axe. Yeah. I think Jock always says like, yeah. it's a hundred percent true. And you stop grinding when you get comfortable, and then like you just dying slowly i yeah. guess you know yeah so. not and yeah and co- but comfortably doing it like comfortably this doing slow slow you yeah know, your bills slow are death your like, bills yeah. are paid you're driving Food's a nice there, vehicle yep, yeah. yeah and yeah we've Amber and i've made some choices in the last couple of years that financially are, are very different and yeah but kind of doing that right now they're in cha- my own life yeah but yeah. The, it's changed the quality of our life and and what i have time to do like my father's Alzheimer's is not going to go away. And 
this situation I'm in now gives me time to be there and to help support yeah. my mother and so we can keep him home and yeah, it's so not making me any money, but I'm so now I'm you know, I got my new hustle that I'm yeah. working, you know, and telling more stories and, and presenting to more businesses and now going in for a facilitator training to be able to work better with groups and with people and because yeah, I love people and, yeah. and I just love heart and Same. soul and, and human and, yeah. and I want to be able to do this to and so that's you know this is a downtime when I can't be gone a lot because I am doing this part with my father and, and our, our Airbnb business or our rentals and uh, yeah. but that will change and this is so now I'm building it now and you know who knows what you'll be doing tomorrow yeah exactly <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna be rowing tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, you do know what you're gonna be doing tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got the river, be in the water. Yeah, uh, hopefully catching some fish, scaring them at least. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, like, there's so many things like I add there, like the time, right? You can't like it's always said, yeah, you know, it's a cliche, right? Like, oh man, you can't buy it back, but you really, really fucking can't. You take a minute to think about it. Time is going by so fast. I'm 36, man. Like, yeah. I don't know where the time. Starting to pick up pace. Don't yeah. worry, it's starting to roll faster. It is, it will. man. And like. Like like you said, like being there for your mom and your dad, and like I don't know exactly how his Alzheimer's is, but having being able to be there for like the good days, you yep. know, and the bad, but like especially those good days, like if you were, you know, out like in the Bakken or whatever, That's you know, it, like yeah. when, when you're working and like, you know, like you just call check in with your mom or yep. something, and he's like, oh, he's having a great day today, you know, you'd be like, fuck, man, yeah, like, I wish I was there for that. You miss you know? it, yeah. What's well, uh, you know, if people ask, I'm on a, I'm a the chair of a board for a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how I evolved to, to be in the chair oh, position. Man. First, it was just, yeah, Dude. I want to do it. I love the program. Montana Freshwater Partners does amazing work for wetland restoration, yeah. stream bake channel mitigation, and um, just training and educating people about the value and especially. But So we have yeah. projects in every watershed in the state of Montana. They're awesome. Our, our executive wait, wait, say that again. You get so a project in every watershed, every watershed in the in state, state of Montana, Montana. That's, wow. that's a restoration or reclamation project of a wetland. Wow. That's huge. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and it's really great, and it's been, you know, we've been around for, they've been around for 10 years, and um, Wendy Weaver is the executive director, and she's awesome. Thank you, and Wendy. We, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Wendy. And we took a, a leadership class, uh, like a program through Leadership 49, so it's Park County, Montana, which oh, is yeah. 49 on our license plate, and yeah. uh, super cool. We went to every community in our county, Cool. and we learned about it, and so anyway, you know, I volunteer for this board. Well, it takes time. And now at the chair position, it takes a little more time. And it means something to me. But the reason I tell you that is that other people ask for things. And, like, my one, like, financially, give the money to the groups that matter, the people that need it, or what you need. Because even though if it's financially hard on you today, a month from now, you probably are going to be over it you know yeah. you needed to do something to your car just freaking fix it now before more shit goes wrong yeah. and in a month from now you'll be back in place but yeah, ma- my time is my only non-renewable resource i don't get it back yeah which to me means it's the most valuable that's the most valuable thing as i have is my time yeah and how i choose to use it totally man and being healthy right? yeah and yeah i love watching movies yeah. Maybe cut back on a few movies, read a book, or sit down and write up another story. Like, make yourself record a story that you might want to share on a stage somewhere uh, instead of just. I was going to ask you about that. Fading back, you know, like, yeah. Make yourself work on that, or, you know. Yeah, totally. And you've kind of 
you mentioned writing earlier and then you know there's 12 of us so there's like yeah. a bunch of like conversations going yeah, yeah. and uh so the writing is for the stories yeah i don't i always like even when i was little i always wanted to write a book and that's what i was wondering if you're writing a book yeah and i'm like maybe i don't it's not on paper it's not even in the computer but there's it would be Dude. short stories and uh well i mean fictional i like whether it's fiction or not fiction what stories go or not but I always wanted to name it Confessions of an Unaltered Altar Boy because I was a Catholic kid and I went through a great process. Like we had cool priests, like no weird shit. It was great. But it all started because some of the funniest stories were being an altar boy at a Catholic school and like serving your first funeral and like, sure, someone's going to freak out, you know, and your laugh, you know, if you laugh, someone will stand up and shoot you like, oh, yeah, you you freak out about it. But yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, but um, I love telling stories because I. And most of that, because you have a beautiful voice. Well, thanks. I, mean, start I just, with that. I, mean, I, I just, uh, I've always loved story, and again, it comes back to its community. And the traditionally, things weren't always written, and it was the story that's passed on. Yeah, when you said a few things about oral, like you know, the stories, like Bronson bringing up, you know, like yeah, that's the with the tradition of our end uh, ancestors. Yeah. you know, and like yeah, and, and the beauty of you know, there's some stories that are told, you know, traditionally have been told so many times especially amongst native, you know, tribes in Montana that yeah. we know about, like these guys can tell stories that it's the story is the lesson and they're exact, uh, you know, almost word for word. Yeah. But stories, every time you tell the story, a story changes. And part of it is what causes what synapse to touch in your brain, which sometimes you'll think of something like vivid, like, yeah. you know, and then it's like, well, did I just make that up or did that really happen? And, uh, I've had that for sure. You know, and you're like, oh, or maybe it's just because, you know, I'm working on kind of this, but that part of the story and then like doing live storytellings, to me, that's like, I, I that's going to be a rush. It is. And I, it's, it's different. Like sometimes it's almost the same as the going back to being in the arena to be a rodeo bullfighter. Like yeah. it gets real clear. It gets real slow. It feels real clean. Um, but you have 500 people in a park in Missoula a month ago. I did That's one. what I was going to ask you, yeah. Wilma had, the Wilma had 1,200 people, I think, the night I did a show there. I really wanted to go to that, but and, I was working. Uh, yeah, and, but my story is planned. Yeah. Oh, no. Are we- uh, a little pause there. GoPro overheated again. <laughs> <laughs> had to figure out how to manage that. Um, strange why it's doing it. But, uh, Raymond, you were talking about stories, and we were yeah, talking and- about the Wilma and... Uh, Bonner Park. Bonner, Bonner Park, Park Show. Yeah. Um, both through um, Tell Us Something, another podcast um, you can listen to, but they do live storytellings. And I guess my part of it about telling the story was that no matter, you know, it's an 80% kind of, I know the story because it happened, you yeah. know, and, but no matter who those 1,200 people are, if I do it tomorrow, it's a different 1,200 people. Yeah. And, they're going to respond differently. And so the beautiful part of storytelling and how when you watch people tell stories at a party or a function or anywhere else, like if they're worried about parts of it, which happens a lot, um, you stay very regimented. But the part where you connect with someone in the crowd and truly have that connection with them because I think you care that they're there when they feed on something or something really strikes them and the crowd, then you let your story adjust to 
bring that and to magnify it, not just to hold them in the story, but to help them keep them in it and make it, they don't have to, what is it? I don't have to be able to see the sound, but yeah. <laughs> the, but to, you know, but to be able to taste the last story I told. So like to be able to taste those horrible vegetables that I'm talking about, like to be able to feel that difference or the yeah. idea of the bear spray going off in a truck and two people sitting outside of a truck with snot and oh, tears running down yeah. your face and be able to paint that picture so they can yeah and that, and that and so that part and um and to me that's the beautiful part of the st- the story is yeah. is the story is not just me telling it the story is us sharing it together yeah and that something clicks from that and to me uh uh, I love, I love doing them. I, I'm gonna keep pitching stories, and um, I don't know. And it's not to be on stage in front of people. I just there's could be a little rush there though. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's something just in in grabbing and and to, to share that. So that's really, I think, I'm kind of collecting my stories that way. Cool. Um, and recording and keeping recordings of things, but um, yeah, and writing. Yeah, and my I. I want to say I'm a Faulkner writer, not because I'm good enough to not punctuate, but I just don't do it that well. Yeah, and so I tend to run on sentences and like the ideas go. So it's going back and leaving it and editing again. Yeah. Um, there's things written down, but they're not in, yeah, they're in rough form, but yeah, proper grammar um, right now. Yeah. Or even, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure they're in English sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just some scattered uh, words. Yeah, just scattered blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and then when you're doing these stories, is it hard to have the, get the emphasis like, you know, if, if I tell a story twice in, I don't know, not, not like back to back, but you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like in, in maybe a week, I don't yeah. know. I'm trying to think if I, I'm, you know, I don't know if I've done it recently. You know, usually fire stories, right? Usually yeah. it's like yeah. I'm teaching and then I'm telling like fire stories and being like this, well, here's an example of when this happened to me, you know, mm-hmm. like heads up to for this or whatever it might be. I guess, yeah, I, I guess I can answer my own question here, but I was going to be like having that enthusiasm every time. Is it? Is that a challenge or is it still Sometimes there? Sometimes it is, yeah. 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 Um, and a part, you know, and part of it is, is again, it goes back to who's there with you yeah. and listening. If they're not paying attention, like... Yeah, you can see it in the crowd, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, like, you know, and more of like the classroom setting where it's like, well, they're not really listening to this. It's not... Oh, yeah, or like, a crowd that, you know, and it's not small or big group because super intimate, super fun because you have 12 people that sort of by guilt have to pay attention because they feel like you'll know if they don't. You can look at um, them. Yeah, yeah, totally. Just call them out. Yeah. But um, but that part of it is if, um, yeah, the enthusiasm of 1,200 people, 500 people, 10 people, it's a different energy of what, what you do. Yeah. But again, it goes back to being in the rodeo arena. Whether there was 10 people at the rodeo I was fighting bulls or 9,000 the day I got to last time I fought bulls when your brother said very, you know, spoke very kindly about yeah. my career. Well, it was an amazing career, man. And like, we didn't even talk about nothing. Yeah. I, I don't want to yeah. derail no. you. No. But, uh, you started fighting bulls when you were 33, right? Yes. Yeah. Which if anyone knows anything about rodeo, that's, that's retirement age that's for rodeo. <laughs> it's time to be done. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. To go very late. And again, finding something I needed, something when I moved back from Las Vegas and yeah, and, and there was, I was always fascinated by bullfighters and 
working cows with my parents, I could get on a horse and I can ride. But yeah. if I had a chance, I would get off and work cows on foot because yeah. there's a connection to them that yeah. me through the horse to the cow is different. Totally. And, uh, but me to the cow, um, or bull, um, and that situation was really powerful to me. And I, I really, I enjoy that respect between them and, yeah, I mean, you really get it when you're eye level with a bull that's got <laughs> 2,000 pounds of muscle or so. Yeah, is that, is can, that yeah. fair? Yeah, 16 to somewhere up to 2,000, you yeah. know, yeah. And that's a, my talk, you know, it, it's same as a Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah. They weigh the same as a Volkswagen Beetle, you that's know. And yeah, that's awesome. But, oh. they're, but they're faster, <laughs> yeah. you know, they got horns, they have a whole lot more attitude. Yeah, Way totally. more agile. Totally, and, yeah. Uh, and if people want to hear TED Talk, right? Yeah, did yeah. So I did a TEDx in Bozeman and... Um, I applied for that one. Totally different than a storytelling. Oh, um, really? Word totally for word. Different. Completely memorized talk. Um, on the TEDx. On the TED. Oh, yeah, on the TEDx. So, it's kind, um, of, kind of strict. Like, yeah, very different. So yeah. someone else was running my slide. So if I didn't say a certain set of words, my slide wasn't going to come up. Or oh. So my timing. So you, you a clicker in your hand. No. no. I, you gave, I gave it to someone else. Oh. Um, so yeah, mine was down to the exact words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not everyone does that, um, but they want you to. And yeah. so mine, you know, I could have done 15 minutes easily. They cut us back for numbers to nine and a half minutes. And what a weird time frame. Yeah. And to, to basically <laughs> speak of 10 years of my life and that the parts of it that I learned from bulls and protecting other people that truly connects to every business almost everything we do in life to counseling yeah. and um, that you don't always have control of the situation yeah. and you can't make it do what you want it to do. You can influence it. And, yeah. and that's again, stories. You yeah. can influence your crowd. You can influence the people around you by how you feel, how excited you are. Totally, man. Could you so, yeah. So that one I can say, Oh Jesus, I don't know. I had tons of help with coaches. Amber and I went to a forest service cabin like, Oh really? And, uh, yeah, for my birthday, and oh, um, awesome, man. we just got out note cards and took everything for that story and shoved them into note cards, and then really? next morning started throwing out note cards, stacking note cards, moving them around, and, and basically yourself. built my time, yeah. built, built my story, and uh, then COVID hit, and I'd oh, been man. practicing on the beach in Mexico. We we had a big February storm, and it was like, Amber's like, I'm over it. We yeah. need to leave. Need some sunshine. Yeah, my sister, brother-in-law had given us a honeymoon present at a resort down there. Oh, cool. Four years before that. Yeah. <laughs> we still had gone. And it was time a, to cash yeah, it in, man. The old, the old Metro Jeep got stuck on the way home, and Amber had to shovel because she sort of had boots on, and I didn't oh. to get it out. And the next morning, she we had airplane tickets, and we went. So I'd been yeah. practicing, drawing my six-foot circle out on the beach and practicing my talk every morning. And because oh, six feet is all you had in the yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah, you have the dot, that red dot, and oh. that's your, your space that you can be on. That makes sense. And uh, from I think it's six, it. maybe it's eight, I don't know. But yeah, because yeah. as you know me, I, it was hard for me to stay in that space. Yeah, I, I like to move, job, I like man. to move. Um, you could tell that was that was well rehearsed. Like you, Yeah, so yeah, so I, I mean, I, I did at tons of places, I would just go draw a circle and make myself stay that's in that smart, circle. Man. That's professional and, in you, man, because that's like... Yeah, and, uh, I didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I didn't want to tell the same story every time. And yeah. I mean, that one got to where the last month, so I had two, I was 25 days from doing my TEDx. It shut down for COVID. I had to wait two years to give my talk. And interesting, most of the people that also did it, their talks changed a lot because COVID influenced their 
what they're, they're working what on they're gonna quite say. a bit. Yeah. And mine didn't. My story didn't change. Yeah. COVID didn't affect it, and which meant to me that it was important yeah. and it was a story to tell. So, yeah, the name of it is Dances with Bulls on TEDx, and it's... Dances with Bulls? Dances with Bulls, yeah. Oh, gotcha. And yeah, uh, like they said Dances with Wolves with a person like, like the yeah. Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah. No, not Kevin Costner, <laughs> yeah. but... Yeah. So that's got, yeah. And that's kind of... It's been a theme that's shown up because that really has become... was part of it Yeah. in that, in that connection with the animals. But so yeah, so that yeah. one was to where and I check it out. I highly encourage you yeah, to take thanks. a look. And I think just to interject real quick is that uh, it just you did a great job with the time you had, man. Like it, I liked every bit of it, but also just kind of just knowing you. Other people probably wouldn't notice this, and I want to get this out there. But knowing you, that just scratched the surface of you and yeah, your story. Right. So it's like yeah, it's it, to me it's a great uh, like launch pad, man. You know like yeah, and that's what I'm hoping. That's kind of where I'm that's what I'm working on these other things for a career thing to do this for a while and to be able to share this story. And, and there's so many other parts of it, like yeah. the partnership, you know, of being in there with, you know, with your brother and being knowing that you're going to take care of each other as well as those riders. And yeah. there's just so much of, of life in that arena. Totally, man. And like, it's, yeah, it's, it's complex and you nail yeah. the complexity without making it too complex Yeah, and without, you know, over talking it, you know, you didn't oversell it either. Like, but yeah, like, and I think that you said everything that you could say in that amount of time and you nailed it. And I think you hopefully like open up curiosity to, for for people to be like, wow, that was really well, you know, put like you spoke really well in the way you addressed the subject Mm -hmm. You know, dances with dances with bulls. That's uh, a great title in itself. And then to like kind of just show it like, you know, the, I don't. I don't want to say too much. That I want people to check it out. Yeah. But like, just the the way you you presented it was amazing. You know, oh, thank like, you. Oh, that was yeah, it was. Well, it was a ton of work, and that's it. My wife helped me a ton. And, and it shows, man. And coaching, and then yeah. So this last month, it was down to like three different changes in tense of the way the tense I use for words. Oh really? You know, and like to where it was just like so fine-tuned yeah. it's so out of my wheelhouse of comfort i'm so glad i did it yeah i don't know if i'd want to give i don't need talks like that's really hard for me yeah but how do you but again it never sounded ex- the same it was i mean i can start right now and probably give you the exact talk really? and it will have different emphasis but it's because of where i am mm-hmm. and as i think it through and then it was this process of working working and I truly did on that stage was my best performance. Yeah. It was the best that the emphasis was where it was supposed to be. The words were where they were supposed to be. And I was in a flow state there, just like being in the arena with the bulls. Like you could it tell it got real clean and it was, it felt really good. Yeah. It felt like your mind was in a really clear yeah. place. Cause yeah. you know, like you said, there was no stumbles. It was smooth. Yeah. It was fluid. Your pauses were perfect. Yeah. And to one sentence changed that should really? have apparently been changed from the beginning because it's awesome now. You changed and no, it? Like, it just, no, it just, just came out, out the out wrong way. Yeah. yeah. Two sentences came the wrong way and that's how they should have been the wow. whole time. And they just did it on stage and, just how it worked out. Yeah. Dang. So, so yeah, yeah. So uh, that story was, you know, it's a great way to tell it an, in a, not a single point story, which are important to us in our culture, but also the yeah. stories that are, that are lessons, where do we learn our lessons from? And they're the, you know, the moral of the story is, you know, like yeah. those are, those are so important and, and to see kids, especially with the, the rodeo stuff. Cause 
you have people's attention when there's a picture of you upside down and you're in between a set of horns, you know, and you're yeah. looking down at his balls because you're, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're getting that angle. People, that people, people, people have get. to, they're at least going to listen for a few minutes. So, yeah. you know, it's that, that part of like truly, you know, 10% of people remember the context, you know, some remember how you were and like 70 some to 80 some percent is purely your emphasis and your presence in front of them. That's yeah. what they remember. And so telling stories whether or in an office meeting to be present and, and to say that like being present is so important in so many things we do and yeah. it shows that you're there, you know? Yeah. And, that's uh, a good point. Still work on it. Yeah. Every day, every <laughs> yeah. day trying to, you know, and yeah. and that's it. And, and I think that that's what we're all doing is our goal in the end is that we're working through it, you know? Yeah. All trying to be better people. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Day, you know? yeah. And, and like with the the sweat stuff you know like going in the sweat lodge you know and i'm trying to get more of the cold plunge in you yep. know into my you know daily routine or at least weekly mm-hmm. you know um it's really healing you know like to yeah. hit that pause button man super important yeah and, and the healing's there and being it's, it's a weird thing for healing but like to aggressively approach healing yeah. It is kind of what you have to do and it, like it's a weird way to say it but it is, it is yeah, very it, it doesn't sound right but no. I, but i think you know i and and then also one you got to be willing to fail and and then the it comes back the same bulls it's get back up yep. like, shit's gonna go wrong yeah and this knowing still- knowing that you put in the effort that you needed to and that you're going to you know, so it makes our relationship so much more powerful. It, you know, we talked about this earlier too. Of you don't just shuff stuff off and hope that it passes over with your partner. You deal with it and you speak about it. Like, how do we fix this? Or, and then you come to find out, shit, we don't have to fix anything. We just both needed to be on the same page because we weren't. You yeah. know, yeah, totally. I was man. still looking at the picture pages and you were reading the chapter. Like, you yeah, know, like, totally. and, and there was a there was a miscommunication there. Yeah, and that takes time, you know, and to recognize it. You know, recognize it is like you know big part of the battle, and then like yeah, and then kind of be like, oh, all right, you're talking about this, and I'm my brain's going here. Yep. Right. Yeah, yeah, or the big one, and you're just like, well, let's start figuring out how to deal with it because it's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so, you know, so many sides and so many things that we go through, you know, I went through, you know, I stopped drinking my notes, Trey's birthday yesterday. Mm. So, um, I'm like, whatever, two years and 360 days sober. And, uh, so three years on the first of August wow. and, uh, cause it needed to change mm-hmm. and it was something that kind of crept up and, yeah. you know. I'd used tons of stuff for a long time and I'm not proud of it, but I'm also, I'm not ashamed of it because it's made me who I was and had experiences that you can't, yeah, yeah. You never be able to get just, yeah. And, and, but then also being able and with the help of my wife and to say, that's not okay anymore. I don't want to be there anymore. Um, that kind of, that kind of steps in the realm of health, you know, and self care, you know, you know, I think, yeah, well, I think the the mental health issue of what we don't deal with and so much in our society, and I think the, I think COVID side is, I still think there's there's repercussions that are going to show from that. Um, Definitely, that, kids. you know, 
Yeah. You know, you know? all the masking yeah. stuff. Man. Yeah. And, it's and just, hard. and this, you know, alcohol, you know, times are hard. Chocolate and alcohol sales don't go down. Times yeah. are good. They're still good sales. You know, um, yep. they're, they're just things that are there and uh, like, it doesn't bother me. You know, I mean, I can sit around with, you know, people that can t- drink. It doesn't bother me at all. And I just, I just don't drink anymore. Same. And, uh, but it's been, life-changing for me feeling better being more active and instead of thinking about doing stuff like it's pretty easy just do it it is it's so much easier like (laughs) even when i was in college and i was drinking i was like man you know like uh i just wasted a good day being hungover and and like miserable because of like last night you know and i I hated that man go do a chore and be miserable the whole time and have whiskey in the process of doing some stupid chore, which is probably best not to be running equipment while you're drinking and yeah, then feel exactly. crappy and take a nap or now just go do the chore and half the time actually enjoy it and then go on and do something else. Absolutely, man. Yeah. It definitely yeah. changed my life, you know, no. quitting but drinking. Yeah. No. But then stepping out and saying, I'm going to stand on a stage. Like I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have applied for the TEDx. Yeah. And that's weird, right? Cause it changed my mindset, man. Like, and not just like, you know, going off your coattails here, but, but I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be doing this. I wouldn't have the clarity, you know, yeah. my brain definitely functions better. And mine, my reason to quit drinking was Crohn's, you know, mm-hmm. of course it was like not, you know, I'll call yeah, them Crohn's, yeah. don't get along, but it was, it was manageable, but it's still like, it's, I don't know if it's worse, but it feels almost worse being hung over with your Crohn's. Cause like not only are you, you know, like getting the mud, butt from being, you know, drinking all night, but then with the Crohn's like flaring up, you know, and then. Yeah. Just not doing yourself any favors there. And then, yeah, um, sure. <laughs> you know, when I went back to school, I was like, I need to take anatomy and physiology one and two. I need to take physics one and two. Uh, or, or, or get organic chem. I was going to go O chem with that. Or get organic chemistry. And I need every brain cell that I haven't killed off so far in, yeah. you know, my 30 years. So I, I need the whole team together on this one. So and that was a big, big reason. Like, I was kind of slowly not drinking and socially i mean you know the difficult man like growing yeah. up growing up in the country growing up in a ranching family and growing up around rodeo well and foresters fire yeah. like all these social events and social drinking events you know you, a lot of these events happen at breweries yeah you know yeah. and it's like and that's a bad thing it's just like it's yeah. it's was hard for me well, to a, and i mean it's just a societal thing that we've built that for many people and it's a mental thing but yeah that until the chemicals change, but like to go to a social gathering, people can't be social until they have a few drinks in them. Most but you can, can, and it's way yeah. more fun. It like, is to be present, and that you know. And then the rule is, when someone tells you the same story for the third time, you can go home. Yeah. You you've committed whatever your obligation was to that function. It's but, a good rule, um, and right. it's really good. I've never heard that before, <laughs> but I'm really, it's a really good. That. You know, and the other uh, that you're, you know, the part about the brain cells, and you know, it used to be like ah. Eh, they just catch, you know, they're just killing the slow ones, you yeah, know, the there's, there's, tr- yeah, there's, there's trimming out the slow part of the herd, but yep. now I don't know, keeping around nurture and some of those for a while it <laughs> is good. I yeah. think, that, you know, there's memories in there that don't now aren't gone. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Clarity yeah, yeah, the, yeah, man. Way more clear, you know, like, uh, memories, like you said, and anybody in college is like, Woke up super slow and was like, I think I killed a fast buffalo. <laughs> you know, I think, like, yeah, I think I went deep in the yeah, herd last much. night. You know? Yeah, like there's something to yeah. that a little bit, I think, man. And yeah. kind of end up, you know, my stepdad was a heavy drinker, yep. you know, like his whole life. And that dude was pickled. I was not a fan of this man. And 
uh, he would have been a different person. Like I could kind of see a little bit behind the curtain there, and I I, I truly believe he'd have been a different yeah. person if he didn't have alcohol in his life. Yeah, you know? I, I think yeah, and it's and it's just how it works for certain people and how. You know, yeah, some people drink their whole lives and they're great people. <laughs> you yeah, know? It's like, yeah. It's or just, certain, you know, some people drink a little, whatever. You know, that's again, we're all we're all different people, mm-hmm. and it, and it's just been something that we have societally created, especially here in the states, as how we get our community together. Yeah, and how people let down their guard because that's the only way they're partially ego, but partial just fear of because everyone wants to be accepted it's the social media death you know yeah, social anxiety and, and yeah and it's it's interesting that it's so much more fun to have you know to be able to go into a room and, and to interact and to not feel like it i don't know and uh, you know i think what, oh, okay oh no i was just gonna say like i'm more relaxed like before yeah, it was yeah. like if i got in a party i'd be like oh found a beer and it's like even just having that like having something in my hand you yep. know, like in a conversation, which now is usually a water bottle. Yep. Just you know that almost that ritual part, and then yeah, um, you know, like it's like all right, a couple beers, and I'll relax, and I'll get more social, and maybe and funny, right? It'll make yeah. me funny, yeah. You yeah. know, and like not true, you know, yeah, yeah. makes yeah. me slower, yeah, yeah. You know, and and that's another thing too. Once I got sober, I mean, not that I was like drunk all the time, no. but just like socially sober, I guess, kind of. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I like my. I would get frustrated when I was drinking that my recall was like yeah. not there, especially vocabulary. I was like, man, what's that word? You know, if I were if I was trying to be like witty, I was like, ah, oh, man, you know, just fall off. And I feel like that's improved. Quite but it's a bit. awesome, yeah. When you're you can be quick and you're on it, like it's and it's good because you're exercising your brain at that point when yeah the general thing isn't. And part of it, I I was thinking straight for it was, and I sometimes I think it's an overused term, but the you know imposter syndrome. Yeah. And. Have that right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the part of, like, there's two parts of it. One, if you're there, you're supposed to be there. And if you're doing things and you're working with these groups and different people, if you don't have imposter syndrome, you fucking shouldn't be there because it's not your group. It's not what's making you best. You're in a comfortable mm. keg back place. Yeah. Not Not like a debilitating kind, but like where I'm like, I, I, Amber and I both and um, built this to like sometimes like we have a dinner party at our house I'm absolutely just blown away at who is sitting at my house that I had the opportunity to cook for like yeah. wh- why I don't you know and I, and I don't let it like it used to be very like a self-conscious thing of like you know they'd all just being around Amber which is totally fair like I'm with them I love being yeah. around her too uh, but that our conversations can be deep and you can have them with, with these people that are stimulating you and are, you know, they're one up, they're not one-upping you in the sense of, and I can't, I don't know what the right corporate term, but they're not one-upping you to be better, but it's whatever you're speaking about, they have something that enhances a little bit and you can enhance back. And so yeah. you're always giving each other these, these buildups and yeah. they don't always have to be like, they can be constructive criticism too that are still a buildup. Yeah. But to me, like those I love, like, yeah. And there are times sometimes when, and where you feel like, Jesus, am I an asshole? Like we're having dinner and it's like, whew, like the conversation's not there. Like Just dead, you know, and, and they don't always have to be great, but like where people are doing the things that they're loving and trying to figure out how to, how to do them and have a difference 
for whatever it is for the world or for two people down the street or just yeah. for yourself. And that's not selfish because yeah. when you're taking care of, and until you take care of yourself, you can't take care of others mm-hmm. until you're in a good space. You can't really help others. And the changing, I mean, the drinking was massive Yeah, uh, for me to, to take care of myself and, and to sometimes feel like you're doing it selfishly. But until I did that, I couldn't, do the other stuff that I get to do now and no. then, you know I couldn't have done Swell Lodge I couldn't have, have been in the place I am with that now no way yeah th- like there's no way hungover Luke would <laughs> want to be in that <laughs> you know or even no. drinking you yeah know, yeah my, drinking myself you know myself I don't want to talk in the third person but <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> yeah man that dirty bugger Luke yeah dirty bugger Luke <laughs> would, would have just been drinking yeah uh, man god they, you said something like right before that though that I was going to tie into so no, it wasn't your fault. It was me. No, like I just, I was like, just cut me off. What? <laughs> no, no, I was, I was gonna add to it. Um, right before you were talking about uh, imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome, and kind of being conversations. Mm. Oh, and surrounding yourself with the people that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, um, and also being comfortable. That that's what I was gonna say. God, that took a little bit of track back on, but we're there. <laughs> uh, that's something I couldn't do if, I, if we were drinking. It would have been no. gone <laughs> into the ether. Yeah. Uh, but no. Um, so being. Being a bachelor, having a bachelor's degree, everybody has them now. It's like it's like a high school diploma, which is fine. I don't really care. But uh, the more people I knew that were getting like PhDs around me and stuff, like family, friends, whoever, and I was like, man, I think I need that PhD. You know, like, yeah. like, and it it wasn't so much because I need to be like on their level, but it was like a challenge, right? I was like, man, I think I think I need that PhD. Maybe a little bit of being on the level, but it was like, man, and. That like if someone had a PhD and we were having a conversation, I I almost wa- this is years ago, not anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I I guess trying to say like in my thirties I've gotten way more comfortable. Like you know in my twenties if someone was like you know like killing it, I'd be like you know like I'm already like yeah. And I you know and this even could have been when I was smoke jumping. Like I had a little bit of chip uh, on my shoulder, maybe my rookie year of like that accomplishment, but like also like. Scholastically, I knew it didn't matter. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. I did something yeah. that you know I was able to like mentally do. I guess just make my body do it and overcome it, which you know a lot of people have done. It's not like anything too crazy, but uh, even but like you know, someone who was like seemed like they're more intelligent than me. That was intimidating. And yeah, always has been until you know more recent, like in my thirties, and yeah. then I just I don't know something clicked, got more comfortable with myself, and you know, what's well, I mean, uh, so yeah. much better. Well, in, the, in that part of the, uh, most of the time, they're uncomfortable being around you because, you know, they're seeing it different too. Like, you know, he's Luke. He's in awesome shape. You know, he does all this stuff. He knows all these people. He's totally socially outgoing when he wants to be. And that's not their world. So yeah. they have that discomfort too. And that we're all kind of swirling in it. Yeah. And, and it's funny. I Mine is more like, do you say that? It just trades like people that work like journeyman like people that can do that kind of stuff like heavy equipment operators again like always like super imposter sitting around because like you know they know what they know how my house works i don't i don't fucking have a clue how my house how things work in there and that that these people put that time and that training and that that into it like and I respect it so much because it just fascinates me. Like, Same. you found your thing, and like they're doing, they do such a good job at it. But so certain conversations, you know, yeah. they're like totally out of place. But then them, anyone else, like you, f- there's a theme somewhere. 
Montana, oftentimes it's hunting or fishing. Yep. There's a theme. Outdoors. You know, something, yeah, yep. that that can can bring you together or, you know, or a particular location of where you're at. So those things, I think, are really, again, it comes back to our community, our grace, I think, yeah. humility coming into a place. And then you just have to believe in yourself. And Yeah. And, you know. I'm, I feel like I'm just fanboying Micah right here, but like he, you know, he said it, I think a couple times on the podcast about know thyself, you know, yeah. the theme of, you know, like the yeah. graduation, you know, it's like, I've heard that my whole life, you know, like, I don't know, even like some movies, I guess I think mm -hmm. it pinned it, you know, it's like, it is really true though. You know, like you are the only person who really can make you happy, yeah. you know, like, and if you don't, I don't know, if you're not like really like looking inward, you're not going to be able to help people, you know, and. Like you said about like taking care of yourself first, yep. you can't you can't take care of your family, you can't take care of loved ones, friends, whatever. If you're a mess, yep. and that like was part of the drinking and yep. all that stuff for me, you know, because like I'm still kind of in and out of the hospital every once in a while with Crohn's and mm -hmm. had that weird tumor, and it's like, you know, I don't need to be piling other stuff on it to be in the hospital. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, it's interesting. Well, the you know the seven directions of west, north, east, south, upward. The creator downward to the earth and seventh the seventh direction is inward. Oh. It's not I've ever heard outwards to other people. It's you have to that's where you pray to is, you know, those are the sacred places. And inward is you have to do you before you can do do things to help others. Yeah. I think so many people don't like really who they are. Or well it's it's become. fine. It's sucky to look that way. Like yeah. I and I, I did it and I I tell people it for all sorts of things are going through because I, and it's, I don't know, sometimes it seems weird when like, is this inappropriate to say someone? But I did it when I quit drinking and I would just make myself stand in front of the mirror and just look at myself. Yeah. And fucking hated it, hated it. And, and slowly like still now I'm like, God damn it. And work on the gut, you know, like you still have those things. Like, you but, must have a bad mirror, Max. You, uh, you, I know. You know. <laughs> but the, uh, <laughs> Not to make it too weird, make, but you're a pretty good-looking guy. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. But making yourself stand in front of a mirror and just take time to where love yourself. Look yeah. at you and love yourself. And it's not going to be done today. And there's some days that are better than others. But I, I, you know, I tell people that a lot and because I truly, I truly believe it. And if that, you know, the other one is you can look in the mirror. No one else can know. But you can look in the mirror and know if you're on the path. You know, if you're on the red road, the right road, or if you're, you're not, if you're on. Yeah. And so it's, then again, it's your responsibility, but it's okay to ask for help. That's the other part yeah. is, is, you know, where you are. And if you don't know how to do something about it, there's people that do. Yeah. And there's some people have been in your shoes or done similar things, you yep. know, like they're always out there. And then like, for me, I just get inspired by other people. That's why like, you know, talking about like. Jocko, Micah, Goggins, you know, like mm -hmm. that's where like the social media thing is powerful because like people have been in bad places, you know, that have made it out of bad places. You know, it's really inspiring, you know, and yeah, it doesn't matter the starting point, you know, it's like the finish line, I guess, kind of, but it's more the path yeah. to the finish line than the finish line. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Finish line. That's it. It's that, that adventure on the way and the, yeah. the strength. And I mean, I listened to a storytelling about it too, that, that brings it to that, that, a lot of times we don't really remember the finish, but mm -hmm. you remember how it started. Yeah. And that might be the biggest day for the rest of your life is the day that you get up and decide whatever it is you're going to do. 
yeah. and that you're going to do it, mm-hmm. whatever it takes, because yeah. it's for you, for your family, for, you know. Yeah. I think for me that, that day one really was like when I hit rock bottom, it wasn't smoke, like smoke jumping, you know, it was a big thing for me, but, um, just because, you know, something I always want to do. I went to man, my dad took me and my brothers to man gulch when we were really, really young and I'm surprised it didn't like turn me away from it. I mean, it, was, it freaked <laughs> yeah. me out even as a kid, like yeah. seeing the crosses and I, man, I was really, really young. Like I don't have too many more memories before that time cause I was so young, but it still was like, oh, man, big deal here. But that, you know, that was like humbling, you know, because they, you know, they beat you down a little bit during, you know, rookie training with uh, physical, you know, a little bit of mental and it's, you know, tall order to get through it and yeah. demanding yeah but for me you know even like i went to the firefighter academy and that was tough you know a challenge but it was like after all that when like my crohn's like hit me and i kind of hit rock bottom and had to medically resign from the fire department and uh like kind of like hit bottom i'm like well i'm not in the forest service anymore i'm not a firefighter anymore like what now you know and what like, am i who am i yeah, and I was yeah. in a hole, and I had to, like, yeah. climb out and figure out, like, where do I go? Like, what am I? Who am I? Like you yeah. said, like, where do I go from here? Yeah. And I ended up coming back to the Forest Service, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, a force thing, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. I, you know, I was going to school for, uh, I was going to school to apply for the PT program, physical therapy program, and and that was kind of good, man, kind of reconnecting, and that was, like, and the reason why I share this story, because I was not a great student ever ever like i mean i was decent like i was decent enough to run track like that's all i cared about you know like and i was like still could compete yeah exactly <laughs> like even though i was getting killed on the track me on the track man i was it wasn't like i wasn't uh i wasn't making mcb proud on the track <laughs> you know like i was struggling but it was fun i liked it and then yeah. um so then that, and then i did all right after track was over you know because I, I could focus on school but i guess it gave me enough like confidence like when i did i got an a in exercise physiology which was a pretty, pretty tough course i was like yeah, when I apply myself, I do all right. But then years later, I come back to school f- for PT and have to tackle those hard courses. And that was like a challenge in itself because I'm like, I don't know if my brain works as good as other yeah. people's. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I, like, yeah. I got to put some extra time in. And that was right around when I heard uh, David Goggins talk about like how he passed like that scuba test, I think it was, where he had to get a notebook and write everything down. I'm like, all right. So everyone's, you know, everyone's got the same challenge. You just got to figure out how to make yourself learn the same thing, you know, yeah. and yeah. I, in if whatever it takes, you know, yep. and I was like, oh, so I hit, I hit school more like a job and more like working out, you know, yeah. and treat it that way and found my way to learn and ended up getting an A in anatomy and physiology, you know, and yep. getting, you know, getting B plus in OCHEM and physics one and two, you know, yeah. with calculus. And I've never even took trigonometry <laughs> or calculus. Yeah. So, I mean. That that's kind of the starting point for me, I guess, and then, um, and then more recent, I guess, too, is like finding the freedom in in this, you know, like and finding more purpose in like the stories, like yeah. you you said, man. I think that's where we're really we have that in common. I guess really mm-hmm. similar is like your story's a little different, you know, and the stuff you do in your world's a little different. But like my purpose kind of feels like uh, just talking with you and getting people um, like you. Uh, just being able to sit down with you, I guess, and not, if I had a bigger following, I'd say, like, and getting getting you out there. Well, but well, yeah, but it's a venue for, and it's a way for people to get their story out. Yeah, and for people to, to like, who, maybe, like, me, how I was before, like, hearing, like, Goggins yeah. and these guys, yeah. and, like, being, getting inspired, and hopefully hearing, like, your story or my yeah. story, and being like, yeah, yeah I mean, I yeah. can do that, too, you know, yeah. like, Crohn's doesn't have to beat me, you know, like, I didn't do good in high school, but I can maybe do good in college, you know, yeah. or whatever that path, or trades, like you said, man, like, yeah. interested in, like, 
how your house is works, yeah. you know, like, yeah, yeah. And how, yeah. And then finding the, you know, the other things on the way, um, Mark Twight's new book, Poison, Sermons on Suffering. So, so awesome. Too. I know we'll get some of it out, but yeah. the like daily things that he, he posted a few years back and they're just unbelievable. Really? And would have spoke to me entirely differently a few years ago, but what, where they are now and, and how powerful they are and, you know, some of our techie gym stuff. And then there's ones that are just like straight to your heart and just straight to humans and into being who we are and how we push ourselves and how, you know, I was just reading about, you know, hard day versus light day. And then most people just do middle days most of the time. And if you do your hard days and your light days, you, the middle days will work themselves out. Yeah. But just, uh, just beautiful storytelling, beautiful creation. Is it, is it like short stories in a book form? Or no, they're, yeah, they were daily, daily sermons that he had oh, really? that, that were put out on, on a website oh, really? for a, uh, for a gym that he had worked with. And, uh, but they're, they're great. He was a, you know, he's one of the most badass Alpine soloists and still alive. Um, <laughs> as a credit yeah, to, him, to his name, amazing human being. I was lucky enough. I got to meet him at my TEDx talk and, oh, uh, really? yeah. And, He's an amazing person that's, that that's done awesome. tons. And uh, again, and it doesn't always have to be, it's not people with huge accomplishments and huge accolades and who they've done. Like, I don't know, sometimes there's just, there's people that, that have something to share and that you can share with them. Yeah. And, you know, mostly it's just, I love taking, not taking, but like absorbing those things from these people that, happen blessings and i think those are the ones in the universe taps you on the shoulder and reminds you that there's stuff like there's there is a little plan to the chaos and and that there is connection and you know the thing inspired you yesterday yeah and then that connection's there yeah yeah and to just kind of keep the the heart of the warrior and the mind of the saint you know the the heart that isn't going to quit and can't quit but yeah the mind that's gonna do it the right way and and isn't just gonna you know yeah plunder through and so asking yourself that sometimes is the but yeah this book is just i just kind of i got it um just a little bit he just released it but it's 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 been really really nice and it's short you know oh really a couple that's pages you know it's almost like your daily affirmation yeah. kind of thing that's cool yeah, kind of like almost like a mindfulness. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Not yeah. that the book's like that, but that's what they're. No. Yeah. Yeah. Know, like it's just your daily yeah. mindfulness. Yeah. And they get you thinking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Totally, man. And um, yeah, I'm getting buzzed by these bugs. I know. They're uh, moving in. <laughs> they are. Holy cow. They're finding the holes in the screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah and probably in the roof. Or the holes in the wall. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wall on the roof. This place. Pretty old. Built in the 60s, I think. This yeah. is an awesome place. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. Pretty lucky to have it, man. Like you said, that. I think you were talking about having the gratitude earlier man and having that having the gratitude toward life and i think um appreciation for your fellow humans you know like yeah. we're, we're all fallible creatures you know like yeah and and we're gonna make mistakes and yeah the what's it mbutu is that the word the african tribe when someone does something wrong and the whole tribe surrounds them and tells them all the good things about them for time and time to, oh, to really? build them back up oh cool and uh I was thinking about it here, you know, of this sacred place of your family that's been in your family for a long time and yeah. and to be able to share it 
you know, for you guys to be able to have a lot of us here to, to really be able to enjoy and, and have that gratitude for, for getting to be here and hearing the stories of, of how it was built and how it was kept and pretty well. And working on five generations now. Yeah. You know, super, super amazing. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, such a cool place to retreat to, you know, and fortunate, like, uh, you know, I think me and Shank were talking about that probably me and Glenn, not, you mm-hmm. know, all of us at mm-hmm. one point on this trip, it's like, we had this beautiful Smith trip plan, which is like, Amazing. I mean, like Monty Dolak, uh, I think he did tons of artwork on it. I want to mm-hmm. say that I saw it on PBS. Hopefully, oh, I'm not messing that up. <laughs> yeah, we'll say Monty Dolak. People can, I guess, yeah, double yeah. check this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I think he wrote some some kind of nice like little excerpts about you know no other place on the planet like Smith River, just beautiful. Um, well, we'll find out next year. Hopefully yeah, we yeah. Hopefully we get in there <laughs> next year. Yeah, and we can. Well, we do a couple because po- that was the plan too is to do these podcasts, but like on my phone yeah. from the river, right. and uh, yeah, this this worked out. Well, uh, we would be walking this myth because it went down to eighty four CFS today. Yeah, so. yeah, because I think you know last I checked, it's hundred or hundred twelve. Yeah, so. It's like end of the season. <laughs> well, so. Yeah, my raft is way too heavy for yeah. that. Yeah, so yeah, I'm really fortunate to have this and, and have this in our family, man, and and uh, to be able to sit here with you, man. I, yeah, it's, just, it's awesome. It's fun to sit here with you too. Yeah. I know we've talked about it for a long time. So yeah, yeah, it's been the works. Like you said, and like and having Amber on, you know, too, like just awesome people and, yeah. and just you know, great, great being around you guys all the time. You yeah. know, like because um, just like you so said, getting after it. You know, like and it's kind of weird to say, but like I, uh, it's, it feels like that's kind of like you, you know, you you are who you hang out with. I remember my dad telling me as a kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. like yeah. in maybe different words, but like. You know, I think kind of telling me, like, don't, you know, you'd be friends with everybody, but you are who you hang out with, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, that definitely shows, you know, like picking your company, you know, like yeah. you're surrounded by assholes, you might be an asshole, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's, uh, but yeah, it's, it's good, it's good, and it's been like our friendship just, you know, growing over the years and getting to know each other and getting to watch each other of w- what we're doing and yeah. you now it's changing, you know, family and growing and you know, I just think that part's really great. Yeah, because your second year at Bullfight School, which I, I you know, yeah. up until last night, I thought was your first year until yeah. you and Kilbert hashed out the timeline there. And yeah. I was like, so I, I knew you from that, you know, like from getting started in bullfighting. And that was like inspiration for me. Uh, do you know what year that was? 2013. See, like, oh, man, there was, yeah, there's been a lot of cool things in like our little circle, like, right. you know, Al Sandvold becoming a barber, like, yeah. Dude, not in a million years would I've said that was gonna happen <laughs> no, when I first no, met that guy. No, like no way, this guy's gonna no. be cutting, giving some of the best cuts and and you know. Ma- and and changing to be again, he's like he chit chats. He has customers. There's friends. Al's a quiet guy most of the time. One of those quiet and, guys I've ever met, I think. And uh, but, see that side of but it. he's hitting that's like this is a cool stride. And he plays yeah. drums in a couple bands and like he's adjusting. And, yeah, and he's growing and and. He's becoming the person that he wants to be always yeah. and every, you know. Absolutely, what, man. And, and, we, and that community is huge. Our, you know, this bullfighting community alone is just like another whole family, but then it extends out to you guys, you know, yeah. then we first meet that way and then we have other connection from it and and it grows and it grows. and Yeah, like, and and not a dig on him at all, but like how, the growing part. Like when I first met him, he was kind of like more of this quiet Coldish cowboy, but uh, cons- but big heart. I could tell because yeah, like yeah. every time I saw him, he must be getting updates from Caleb because he'd be like, "Hey man, how are you feeling?" I'm like, yeah. oh, "I'm doing all right." He's like, 
Well, I mean, yeah. you know, and like not, not like, hey, man, how are you doing? Like, you know, an L, L vocabulary, yeah, yeah. you know, and but it was like you said, kind of short, concise, more like a, a stoic cowboy. Mm-hmm. And then I go get my first haircut from him. Like he's hasn't been out of barber school that long and in Belgrade, you know, and, and like total different, man. Like and it's like, man, like you said, he found his, you know, his next phase of life, yeah. you know, and, and it's not and it's not that and I, he's a good example of so many of us are that. It's not that we didn't hadn't found our thing yet. Yeah. My thing, I was reclamation was my thing. I yeah. loved it. I yeah. still love it. But I do it different now. Yeah. Bullfighting wasn't I mean, it I mean, I still had another job, but yeah. it was at that time, it's where I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to nothing's for permanent, you know, yeah. of that thing, like where I am and who I'm growing as and if you can't let go of that man, then you're end up being a sad person. <laughs> Yeah. You know, well, you're carrying so much baggage, man. Yeah, it's a, it's uphill. If you wanna if you wanna get the views, I mean, you know, <laughs> you wanna get to the top of the mountain, you gotta get rid of the baggage that's holding you back. And yeah, well put. And you, and you still gotta get down. That's the other part. Once yeah. you get to the top, you're only you know you're at the farthest away from your car you're gonna be. You yeah. still gotta get back to the car, so you still have to keep your head on you. Yeah, and like we were talking about last night, halfway down, you know, you make it to Everest, you're only halfway. You know, yep. you're at the top, yep. but you're halfway. Yep. You gotta get back. Yeah, like even uh, you know, I never got into like right now, but my grandpa Berg, who built this place, uh, he'd always say, "When you climb up the mountain, what do you see?" And I'm like as a kid, I'm like I'm trying to think of like some like, you know, super eagles, yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, you know, something super special like a symbol or you know whatever it might be like a metaphor. And he's like, "Another mountain," <laughs> but it ended up being like a metaphor because that's kind of like what it is, right? Like, yep. like and just Al Sandvold as an example mountain you know one of the best bullfighters maybe ever yeah right yeah for and sure. she was at the top of that mountain and then 23 oh. years yeah, yeah. Tw- 23 yeah. years i think yeah that's pretty sure that's how Man. long yeah yeah he's in the, and he's in the hall of fame right yep yeah so cowboy hall of fame and then to get to where he's at now he's down on the bottom of the, you know he goes off the mountain has to go down you know just like hiking and, and left a left a job that Paid well, did everything, but it was high stress and yep. it wasn't right. High paying job, just like yourself, high paying job. So he goes down in the dark valley, has to climb back goes up the back next to mountain. school, yep. Yep. And you train and you go. Yeah. And so just like my grandpa was saying, you know, another mountain, you know, like yep. you climb that mountain, you know. And you can sit and you, tra- you can sit on them, but yeah. nothing changes then, well, you know. Yeah, the views and are just yep, always the, there. the same. <laughs> Man, and yeah, and you know, like, and you can tell people how you got to that mountain. Yeah. But no one really cares. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And that's it. And then, and it frustrates many when they say, and you're going on, like you're going to the next mountain instead of just sitting on that one. Yeah. You know? Like, well, you made it. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, uh, no, I got, I got other stuff to do. I got other things to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you like, you know, leaving smoke jumping. Even in my own head, I was like, geez, man, like work my ass off to get here. Yeah. You know? But like. But then, Yeah. Oh man! But yeah, yeah. Then it's that thing of like, we got to keep driving, and I think yeah. I mean you don't have to, but you're gonna be happier. Yeah. The you know I, I don't know if that's a goggles thing to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't know Dakota, if that is, Dakota, Dakota says it. Sims talks about it all the time because that's he focuses on that, and it's a good yeah, thing. Absolutely, you man. Know? Put yourself in a different place. Work on something different. It's huge, man. Because like this, like. Well, your talks, like the TED talk and the stories, that is putting yourself out there in a very, very vulnerable spot. Yeah. More vulnerable than I think this is because I can edit this and I could, I could yeah. trash this yeah. afterwards if yeah. I want to. If I'm like, eh, that was dumb, delete, yeah. you know. But yeah. like for you, it's like that's live, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
and it's recorded. Mm-hmm. But a part of that, um, which I think is a good lesson in, and correlates to probably the 99% of everything, is that when you go in front of a people to tell a story, or, or in the TEDx, but really storytelling, that entire crowd is there to support you and hear your story. Yeah. There's no one in there. And if there is one, they're an asshole, but no one in there wants you to fail. They want you to tell a great story. Yeah. And I think that's what we really face on almost everything we do, but self-conscious, whatever it is, we don't feel like that. We don't think everyone's there to support us. And if they aren't, you know, there definitely are ones that aren't there. Don't want to see you succeed. But in most situations, you know, like being on the river today, everyone wants someone out, you know, to catch a fish, everyone to catch a fish, Yep. you know, and, or to whatever, or just, they want you to have a great day, have fun, like paddle the boat, you know, row the boat for a while and have fun doing it. Like you want people to succeed. You don't want them to s- spin out or run into a <laughs> wall just so you can say I'm a better paddle. Like, I think that's something so much of us, or we just, you forget and telling stories on a stage recently has been really prevalent, you know, and a little, well, it wasn't little, it was a great little one. I mean, in Livingston, 125 people in a little bookstore. Yeah. That's big for Livingston, man. Yeah. Huh? yeah. And it was, and it was packed because no more could fit. Yeah. But every one of those people, every one of those individual human beings wanted every single one of us that got up there, the seven or whatever that told stories, they didn't want one person to do good and not another one because they didn't know them. They wanted everyone to succeed. They wanted everyone to be able to tell their story and, people even when they aren't super in tune they are in tune like they can see this storyteller is freaking the hell out yeah. like so you're you're very you're much more sympathetic like you get to see empathy in a mass like breath and it makes you love humanity and it makes yeah, you love humanity. people in that we are good we can yeah. be good absolutely man I think, yeah, I mean, it just seemed like live performances in, the, in themselves, man, when you see, like, the potential of human, you know, like, even if it's just, like, a play or whatever, man, yep. it's a symphony, yep. orchestra, like, I got I got forced to go, uh, not really forced, but I have, yep. like, a weird, like, tone deaf thing, I had to take, like, I can't remember, like, introduction to music or something in college, one of the gen eds, you know, and, like, yeah. one of the tests was, like, you follow the music, you, ha- you had the music in front of you, and, like, when the professor said something or whatever, he'd pause the music or something, and you had to, like, write like follow the music and like say where the music was and I could not follow it for some reason like my brain just would not work for it so like th- but there's a way that you don't bomb if you're having that problem because I went and talked to him I was like hey I <laughs> bombing two tests in a row I'm like I am, I'm going to fail this like I'm going to either drop or like there's something else I can do and he's like well for extra credit you can go see local shows they're free and you can see the shows in the, that the students put on like and then like just write a little thing up of yeah yeah there's like a brass show there's percussion there was <laughs> the orchestra the symphony like all these things I would never have gone to on my own <laughs> but I had to because I needed the best class yeah, yeah. and like you bring your, your stub usually in or like you said you write like yeah. you know or or the um the what, like the, the list. playbill playbill yep, yeah the playbill yeah you bring the playbill in and like just that experience man like. There's a lot of students that were like going in and going out, like you know, I'm there in, in the back where everybody else mm-hmm. is while the other yeah, students are going. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, you had the same idea. I'm like, I'm gonna go in, grab this damn playbill, maybe sit around in case the professor's in here. Yeah. And then I'm out. You know, I'm sneaking out. But then I was like, oh man, you gotta start like, this is a pretty good tune here. You know, yeah, like, yeah. oh, I like this. You know, maybe we'll stick around for the next one. You yeah. know, next thing you know, the whole thing is through. And I'm like, 
a little embarrassed because like a lot of times I probably smelled a little bit because I was coming straight from track practice. Yeah. So I'm like in like shorts. They're dressed nice, like yeah. out for a formal night of music yeah. and performance. Oh yeah, yeah I'm yeah. dressed to the nines, man. <laughs> and I'm going in like my dirty. All right. So sorry, Raymond. Equipment failure left and right, but we're we're back on. We're back. Uh, just having the appreciation for just humans taking yeah and taking that that in of uh, going to something different that's not in your comfort zone yeah to go listen to a band or or you know listen to music that you didn't think you liked and or find out that i don't like jazz like yeah. it's okay you still went and tried yeah absolutely man can you hear me all right yeah i'm getting all self-conscious of all the equipment now i'm like i don't know i'm like i don't know is it in my ears or is it yeah, yeah everything's breaking oh maybe i did turn, maybe the volume came down can you hear you hear yourself talk? Yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Oh yeah, I can hear you. It's just like it wasn't registering on the yeah, sound sorry. thing. <laughs> like uh, yeah. All right, so that's that's pretty. It just doesn't like it. I know. It seems like if I can't hear. So now we have to spring this whole big swirl back <laughs> into <laughs> to one closing, a gathering piece. Yeah, yeah. Figure out how to close this sucker out. There's lots. There's lots. But um, I think I'm 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 proud and happy of so many things along the way but that part of it is is that there is so much that i didn't you know maybe you know maybe i could have succeeded farther in in certain things but that i have been willing to try things and i don't want to fail but i'm i'm willing to fail but i'm also willing to get back up and keep trying yeah and i th I, I just think that's really been this thing of you know the days i spend hiking to the days i spend you know, doing hard stuff with my dad, uh, anything else yeah. in the middle, there's, there's, there's something in there, you know? And yeah, I'm glad you said that. Cause like, I went to ask you this a while ago, actually. Um, did you have this kind of like self-recognition and like introspection, I guess, like before you quit drinking? Um, yeah, yes and no. Um, I don't, Here's another weird thing. So I think of myself as an empathetic person. Yeah. But I also feel like it sounds like a totally narcissistic thing to tell someone you're empathetic, that you're an emp that you're an empath. I know yeah. it's not the case, but I, I just um that that feel Ooh, that's clear. That's a little that, clear. Yeah. Huh? That um I don't know why that happened. I love, I mean, I've always loved people and I've always, you know, like to talk and tell stories and listen. I love, I love to listen. I love to watch people. Like I can watch people anywhere and I'm fascinated. I can oh, come really? up with crazy stories. I, I just, uh, you know, it makes me laugh at times or just, you know, to, to see people being people. Yeah. Um, the growth that I feel like I've had from, you know, I mean, I started attending bar at 18. I was still in high school. I didn't, oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't, I had my first drink at my entire life at 21 years old on my 21st birthday. You never I never drank. drank until I was 21. That's pretty wild. Working in a bar, man. Yeah. And well, it helped. Standing on the backside of a bar helps you not drink. I bet, You know, man, because I, alcoholism runs in my family. And so. Oh, so you already it, knew that. Going. I knew that. And yeah. so, you know, and it's interesting. I mean, it wasn't much longer after, I mean, as soon as I was out of high school, then I, you know, I smoked a lot of pot, but I didn't drink. Yeah. And it was one of those, so it's that, you know, and I went through the gamut of that process, but eventually 
and it was kind of a post I got done fighting bulls and part of that was gone, you know, and, and you went to rodeos, your job was to save people's lives. So you might have a cocktail, have a whiskey at the end of a night, but you didn't, you know, didn't do as much. And then you don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to be keeping up on stuff. You're bored with your job. You're struggling with some stuff. And so it just kind of progresses. And I definitely closed in. And as soon as once, you know, I got sober, um, that part of me opened back up like that flowers there and it, and it could rebloom, you know, it had just shut down because it didn't know it was guarding itself. Yeah. And that's, that's a good way to put and it. So too. yeah, I, I, it's, and it was almost like, you know, the drinking made it so I didn't have to look inward. I didn't have to look in the fucking mirror. That's what I was going to want. And I that. didn't have to look and, you know, you could bypass it mm-hmm. and you could do what it needed. And that's, that was my experience. That's what I was kind of wondering. Yeah, and I'm not, you know, and at post, I wasn't forced to look in the mirror. I could have kept going yeah. and been fine and, and be functioning, but feeling much better. But I decided to take those few extra seconds or sometimes felt like hours, you know, to spend that time in front of the mirror or spend that time sitting with, with Amber and, and discussing things in our lives of, you know, she's really good at it. And I'm trying to get better, but like manifesting our future, what you're going to see. And those were just things I just didn't, deal with before and yeah and they're so they're so great and they're so rewarding but also to sit down and be how do we be better lovers how are we better friends how are we better business partners because we do much of our stuff now as business stuff together oh that is huge man. and we're around each other so much but and that was not pot i mean it, it truly was not physically or mentally possible until i quit drinking yeah and you know and you know pot's legal all that i don't I just am done with those. Those are phases. They were, you know. Yeah, totally, man. You know, and and you are you are because you had those phases. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And yeah. um, and now, yeah, just I would rather be putting the energy into my days, our days as as a couple, and and then us days, like of us of everyone around us. Yeah, and to me, it's awesome, and you know, it's the smile at the clerk at the grocery store that's having a rough day, which takes nothing you know yeah. and it might help her get through the day or him get through the day helping someone that's on the side of the road when yeah, i have shit to do today but i don't have to have it done in the next hour i want to because i have some other stuff i want to do or i can stop and help this person you yeah. know or just take a second to to do whatever it is and just remember to take a couple of breaths and slow down yeah, and like the meter lady, meter maid, or whatever, you know, like that poor person, like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, that's one of the first times when I was like, I don't know, I guess I was always aware, like, be nice in this, like, the narcissistic thing that you're talking about, like, of helping. But um, I remember I was, I was parked in Kara's Park one night, didn't live in Missoula yet, and come home, come, you know, early in the morning to get my truck and drive back to Whitehall or Billings, where, where I was going, mm-hmm. Dylan, maybe. And um, the ticket person you know this older lady had uh wrote me a ticket and i was like wait what like i thought it was public parking like, i had no idea you know i didn't know so especially coming from white always like yeah. no paid parking yeah, i was gonna say you could park anywhere all the time yeah <laughs> exactly so i'm like man what, what in the world so i'm like i kind of like jog up to her and i'm like hey yeah sorry to bother you you know and like i, I don't i didn't know i couldn't park here i mean like it's is in public parking? She's like, yeah, you know, after business hours on weekends or something. It was like, I don't know, maybe it was like a Monday morning or something. Like, no. Some sometime of the week where it's not free. 
I was like, oh. And she's like, well, you're not from here? I was like, no, no. It's, you know, I'm from Whitehall. And she's like, uh, well, you know, you can go to the parking garage and tell them, you know, what happened. And typically they'll forgive you because, you know, that you don't know. And like, um, but I can't remember timeline-wise. I think it was like right before I jogged up to her because I was like kind of still like trying to get my bearings early yeah, in the morning. Yeah. like, oh, my God. Probably hung over, you know. And uh, some someone was just like yelling at this poor lady. She's just doing her job, man. Yeah. And like, oh man, I was pretty furious. And like, just seeing that man, like, just going red, like, it made me want to like stay in Missoula and ride my bike to Kara's Park every day and just wait for the dickheads to be mean to this nice old lady, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Because I was like, I'm gonna protect this lady, you know? Yeah. Like, but I was just like, hey, uh, you know, thanks. I appreciate what you do. You know, I know you got a hard job. And I'm not trying to bug you, and I uh, hope you have a wonderful day. You know, and, like thanks for the info. Yeah. And I'll go talk to him. And she was like, "Thank you for being nice," yeah. and like in this super sweet voice, and almost like emotional. I'm like, "Yeah, you're just doing your job." You know, yeah. like I didn't really think anything of it. Like I wasn't doing it to like get yeah. that response. I was like, "Hey, I'm sorry to bother you." You it's know, compassion. Yeah, like, being a compassionate person to yeah. another person. Yeah, and, and like, to animals, and to the environment, and all those things that. And, to, and it and doesn't take any more work. Yep. And honestly, you could have yelled at her and you would have not felt better. No. But you could be nice to her, be kind to her, go deal with it, and it's all fine and dandy. And made me feel way better because she yep. was like, thank you. And yep. I was like, oh, yeah. But then also made me more mad. I was yeah. Like, mm. You know, yeah. like, yeah. who even dicks this person? Because they don't see her as a person, right? Yep. They see her as an inconvenience because they gave her them a ticket, you know? Or because they or broke the rules knowing, you know, or not knowing, but either way, they did it. But yeah. Yeah. Yep. And they're taking on that person. It's like, well, it's not your fault. Not anyone's fault but you, you know, like yep. that extreme ownership, you know? Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I think that's kind of the whole of it is you know, try to be a good person. Yeah. And it's surprisingly easy. Super easy, man. <laughs> and I don't know, I guess that goes maybe back to like liking yourself. There's <laughs> almost one <laughs> one in the morning, my friend. This is late hours for, uh, yes. for my old <laughs> Me <ass>. too. <laughs> yeah, I don't stay up late much anymore, man. You know, like in... I don't know. I don't miss not staying up anymore, well, you know. Sunrises are pretty epic. Yeah. You know. Epic, yeah, very so, epic, man. Yeah. Sunsets and about after that I'm kinda ready to turn it in. I I don't yeah. know what's going on with my equipment. I feel like I'm just like yelling at you right now. Does <laughs> it sound good. loud on your end? No, it's good. You're clear. Oh good. Well, I think that's a good place to stop. That huh? is a good. You got anything else you want to add? No, thank you. This was fun. Yeah, thank you. I feel that was like good. I, that was feel like good. I, I know. We just kinda warmed up on a lot of stuff, but Yeah, kinda scratched the surface on a ton yeah. of stuff there, man. Yeah. Um, you got anything you want to throw out there? Like, no, I do. If people have a few minutes to watch the TEDx and it's Bozeman, TEDx Bozeman, but it's dances with bulls, Raymond and Sodegi. And same with tell us something podcast. There's two different ones. One in 2019 hot sauce on the backside. And that's then the and that's the name of that one. And then that's a bear spray story. So everyone that listens to this probably has one, but this is a pretty good one. That's a great and, title. Uh, yeah. And then my most recent story that's on there is on that one was the first one's theme was didn't see that coming. No. What are the chances? And this one is didn't see that coming. And this one was about um, called fruit for vegetables. And it was a good trade. Um, about going to the Montana State Prison when I was in third grade with my dad doing research out there. Oh, Another wow. whole story altogether. But uh, yeah. anyway, I learned a pretty important lesson in life or was told a lesson and chose what the lesson really was. It's a good story. Yeah. Fun one. So anyway, 
Yeah. Just to check those out. There are, nothing's. I don't do anything longer than nine minutes. So, <laughs> Ten yeah. minute stories is about it. Well, you just did something for a little over two yeah, hours. Yeah, I think, at this go. point, maybe. <laughs> so, so, besides this, uh, yeah, man. Uh, you got anything else coming up? No. Uh, yeah, facilitator training kind of thing, and um, just working on pulling some stories together and cool. Keep keep making myself be uncomfortable and yeah. So and then maybe write that book. Yeah, someday write that book. Yeah, get that one, book put together. Yeah, one last thing I want to say is I, I saw this on a sailing video and it was like expats or something. It was like back when YouTube wasn't like a bunch mm-hmm. of like channels and stuff. It was like back when we tried to sail the Bahamas. That's another <laughs> yeah, story yeah. too. But um, this couple, they had built a sailboat and then sold the sailboat. Sailboat got uh, abandoned and then like it was in like international hours wherever you can like just claim a boat. You yeah, know, if it's been yeah. abandoned and it's yours. They got the boat back, this awesome catamaran, uh, sailed to the Virgin Islands somewhere or something, and beautiful islands. They started doing sunset cruises, and one of the people wrote in their book, um, congratulations on living a life worth living. Yep. And that, like, little line, like, stuck with me. That's a great one. Yeah. And, like, when I think about you and Amber, and I think, like, that's why I'm kind of, like, keep bringing (laughs) back the book (laughs) thing, because it's, like, uh, someone told me this a long time ago, too, like, when... It gave me more motivation to be a smoke jumper because it was like, if someone wrote a book about your life, would it be worth reading? Would people yeah. want to read it? Or would they want to make a movie about it? And I was yeah. like, no. Yeah, like yeah. At that point yeah. in my life, I was yeah. like, no, they probably wouldn't want to, man. Yeah. So I think I think you and Amber definitely have, man. And uh, I don't know. A good story, too. Not a yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> no, serial killer movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we got so many, so many bodies that have been deposited yeah, in the yeah, Yellowstone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't come up on our mountain. Yeah, exactly. But my hot pots are too close. You got a good spot yeah, to get rid of. We got to just dissolve them. Yeah, exactly. But so um, no, yeah, I think that's it. Live it, make it, make it be what you want. Yeah. So you write that book. I work on it. Yeah. Thanks, Lee. Yeah, thank you, Raymond. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, talk to you soon, Bye. man. And uh, hopefully, do this again. And uh, for anybody who likes the content, hopefully, subscribe and like. And uh, you know, hit that subscribe button to help me uh, maybe get you know more, some more help with this podcast, I guess. So, everyone, uh, have a good morning, night, wherever you are. <laughs> good morning. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>